Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to our podcast. We are People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance International. And tonight is Monday, July 25th, 2016. We're here on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time to educate and assist those who are targets of organized stalking, remote electronic assaults, and more. And to let you know that you are not alone and that there are many thousands and millions of us nationwide and worldwide working together for freedom. Views expressed during our podcast are those of our callers and not necessarily those of PAX International. I'm Luke Robinson, the moderator, and our guest this evening is James Lico, and he's here to talk about directional RF meters. And now for some announcements. The Church Conference Call Group is announcing two events for this week. The first is the start of an emotional wellness support group, which will meet on the fourth Tuesday of each month. It is a talk shoe call, and the call ID is 140567. And the time for the call is 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. The facilitators are Reverend Millicent Black, Annie Hardison, and Caroline Cunningham. And on Friday and Saturday, Friday to Saturday of this week, there will be a 24-hour prayer and praise call starting at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Friday to, th- to, three- to 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Saturday. Uh, 24 hours, 6 p.m. Friday to 6 p.m. Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern. They are expecting to see a powerful move of God, and this is uh, sponsored by the Church Conference Call Group. For more information, please text the coordinator, and that is Juanita Purdy, and she can be found at 850-390-5162. The next Portland, Oregon target individual meeting will be Sunday, August the 7th from 3 to 4.45 p.m. The location is the Hollywood Branch Library at 4040 Northeast Tillamook in Portland, Oregon. Please contact Amy at 971-207-3401 or you can email her at amy, L-A-D-E-R-Y-E-S, at gmail.com. We'd like to say thanks to all who are becoming members of PAX International. It is much appreciated. The membership fee is $25, and you might, uh, uh, there are three methods to donate by PayPal. Uh, you can send directly to our email address, which is info at paxntl.org, or you can click the donate button at our website, which is w.paxntl.org. 
Or you might uh, want to use our PayPal link, which is paypal.me slash PAXNTL. Our mail-in information to send a check or money order made payable to PAX International is PAX International, P.O. Box 5405, Hema, California, 92544. We are at this time in the process of developing a much-needed technical support team to augment our work with city council officials who are assisting TIs. James Lico is one of those individuals who has volunteered to assist with, with this effort and join us, join us tonight to share with us about one of the few defenses available to TIs against covert harassment and torture. And that is RF signal detection and direction finding, which is an important part of evidence gathering as we start learning to build our case against the perpetrators. And here to tell us more about that is James Lico. So, James, let's see, let me unmute your line there. Okay, James, thanks and welcome to our program tonight. Okay, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Okay, great. Um, basically, uh, I invited you here tonight so you could uh, share with us about um, about RF meters and uh, signal direction finding. And this is something that you have been kind of speaking to the group about here and there for the past couple of years, I believe. And yeah. Pretty, yeah. And we would like to hear more about it because um, we're coming upon a time where um, we're starting to talk to our city officials. And one of the things that we can bring to them as evidence is um, our meters, and which will show them that we are being um, attacked with signals. And if you could kind of share with us, kind of guide us into um, how people that have uh, certain phones can get the app and how to use the meter. Okay, sure. Uh, how many people have we got on here, uh, Derek? Oh, well, it's still early. Uh, let me see how many we have. I can tell you in just a minute. Okay. Um So I'm glad to be on here, and um, like we have seven so far, but this kind of fifty-seven. Yeah, oh, um, right. it's usually the first half hours. Um, just people are still coming in, so. All right. Um, okay. Again, as you know, my name is James, and um, the way I came upon this was quite by accident, partially by accident. And um, I have uh, college degrees in biology, electronics, engineering, technology. And uh, those two are uh, associate degrees. Actually, they're three-year degrees. Then, and then also uh, computer science. I have a bachelor's in that. And I was, um, I had the, I was downloading these meters on my Android cell phone and noticing that you know they were supposed to be meters, and the Android cell phone is a is a computer. So why not? Why wouldn't it have? Um, why wouldn't it have the capability of acting as a meter? It certainly would. 
So I uh, was looking at some that I thought were a little bit more sophisticated or advanced. One in particular had X, Y, and Z sensors, that's vertical, horizontal, and diagonal, uh, going out into a third dimension. So what I found was that this particular uh, bit of software for meter software, it was free, and um, I noticed that when I was facing a signal, it would move the signal, the um, the lines. There's three lines corresponding to the to the sensors. It would move them all into one, uh, into merge them into one line instead of the three that were there. And I, uh, it took about, I don't know, uh, probably several months for me to actually realize what was going on. It didn't happen all at once. But uh, what I did realize was that this particular, um, the way this particular thing worked was kind of um, the answer to what we were, find, were trying to find. We what we basically need here is names and addresses. We need to find out where these people are. So if we have names and addresses, we can do something about that. We can sue them. Uh, we can call the police and tell them where they are. We can tell anyone. Anybody calls us, we can tell them where they are. This is kind of a, a neat thing, something we hadn't had before. And uh, actually, what? And we actually, we... Um, we need to have this. We need to be able to uh, talk intelligently about our perpetrators, about the perpetrators who are torturing us. And, you know, what better thing to be able to do than to point out their house, where it's coming from, and then, you know, if you do it um, every day for a while, you'll start to know who these people are, see them come out. But, you know, in my case, they come and go at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. They work 12-hour shifts, and they come to somebody else's house and use that as a base of operations. I've seen that happen so many times. So, um, so you know, once you, once you identify them, then you can notice subtle things about them. And we're all, what we're doing is trying to work towards getting them in jail, arrested, getting somebody to come over and pick them up, take them where they belong. I'll tell you, they think they're some kind of police, like a secret police, and they think they have a right to do this because some corporate idiot told them, and they're they're really thugs, aren't they? They're thugs. They're they're hired thugs who are hired to really harass us. These are corporate intimidators. So you you know they think they're uh, they think they're hiding. They think you can't find them and. We're going to show them otherwise. If we get now, these meters are free. If you have an Android cell phone, you can download this software for free from Google Play. You know, on a computer, it would be play.google.com. And if you type in EMF, I think in the uh, software is Ghost EMF detector, I believe. It's got a red, white, and no red, green, and yellow um, ghost on there. Um, EMF detector, ghost EMF. Let's see, EMF. It's oh, sorry, it's something like that. You'll. I have an article on my web page, which you can, uh, which you can download, 
and it has all this information written out. I'll try and get it in the, in the chat room before we're done. Um, now, this should really be a, um, a first step towards that. What we need to do is to have a have me do a demonstration of it, and I can't do that now because we don't have the capability of um, you watching me. So maybe I can talk to Derek about that, and we can have that capability coming up. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Depending on how um, how this is received and how interested people are, mm-hmm. um, and we we will need more um, membership money to to start a service like that because it's going to cost the money. Uh, to get the um, uh, the webinar software program, I think it'll cost anywhere uh, between fifty and seventy dollars a month. So we're going to need uh, more membership money to maintain that. Um, but if we do have enough um, funds available, um, we will sign up for that. As part of uh, getting things up and running back to where they were before all that happened last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a webinar, um, you know, that that type of um, infrastructure would be great because we do have presentations from time to time that would warrant um, a video, pre- that would be the level of a video presentation um, and it would be good if we had that capabilities uh, handy for the community. So um, that is something I have been kind of eyeing for uh, the past uh, past couple of months. Um, but yeah, uh, we like to do some more webinars uh, where you can present your your meters and you know other topics and things like that. So that's something I'm I'm working towards. Okay, good, Derek. Um, all right, this meter is. I'm gonna. I'm opening up the chat room so I can put the software and other things. I hope people have the. Excuse me. Hope people have the capability of downloading some uh, video and uh, an article that I wrote explaining everything. Not well. The, hopefully everything to your satisfaction. You're free to answer or ask questions about it. This is not going to be, I'm not going to consider this um, a full presentation because I do need to have you follow along with me. But what you can listen, and I'm just going, what I'm going to do now is explain basically how it works and what you can expect and we'll see how that goes. Now, let me just log in here. Okay. Well, we've, kind of had to, like, we've had to explain this um, uh, to our city representative that we've been talking to about the meter. Um, he kind of seemed to get an understanding of what's needed and we can probably convey that same information here to the group. And um, basically the idea is to be able to um, uh, to locate the signal, which James, you know, from my 
uh, lay understanding of this. Uh, James said, it seems to be the signal that is the strongest on the meter, um, even though there are other ambient signals within our our home environment and and our um, in our neighborhoods and so forth. The probe signals seem to be the strongest, and he can explain more about that. And that is really the indication of where the signal is, where the attack signal is, basically. And which makes it easier for us to hone in on that direction, wherever that signal might be. And as James has explained to me, that the signal can even indicate not only the house it's coming from, but also even the room or which part of the room the signal is, is emanating from. He can explain to you more about that. Okay. Um, yeah, the, okay. I was asked, how do you know that that you're looking at the right signal? And my answer to that is that um, if you're being tortured, you know basically where the signal is coming from or have an idea. And once you've used it for a while, say, you know, you're, they're hitting your arm. Well, it's not coming from the other side of your body. It's coming from the side where the arm is. Um, that's kind of basic. So it's it's a strong signal that's coming right at you. It's being directed at you. And that's why you'll be able to, able to measure it, but probably no one else will because, or at least with this, because um, the signal coming at you is is strong. It's it's um, it's got power behind it, and you're standing there with your meter, and it's being directed at you. So your meter is is indicating that. But um, and the reason why it's not indicating any any other well, it will show you some other readings. But this will be a strong signal telling you that it's being directed at you that. And it will show you where they are by merging all the lines together. And that's just by re- by virtue of the fact that it's a strong signal directed at you. It's not going to do this for any other normal waves that are out there. And this is um, so. Um, so you're what you're doing is you're doing a, what they call a survey. You're moving the meter from side to side probably actually pointing where it is because you kind of know which direction it's coming from and maybe even have an idea what house it's coming from. But this is going to verify it for you. When you're faced with a a strong signal coming at you, this meter, the lines will merge when when you're pointing right at it. You move it. Now, you need to write this down. So what we're doing is uh, we're... Let's see. We're calling. We're trying to get the peak reading, and if you're if you're telling someone or if somebody knows about it, and you tell them, you say you're peaking the signal. This is not triangulation. This is called peak reading. You're moving it from side to side, trying to get the the highest. Like imagine there was a arrow, and you're trying to get the highest arrow reading. So you're moving it from right a little bit past it to a little bit before it. And so you're you're trying to find the peak reading. Then you have to move it a little up and a little down, trying to find the peak reading that way. So this this tells you when you got the peak reading, you you, you write it down. 
And you can also take a reading of the three uh, values in microteslas, which are going to be the same when when you've got the lines all merged, they're the same. So you just take a reading for the microteslas. And uh, so what you're doing, what I'm telling you right now is for somebody who is on the ground in the horizontal plane that you are, like um, assuming you're uh, you're in a first floor apartment and the person maybe is in the house or the first floor house the, uh, of the house and the person is next door. So I, I would say that's the horizontal plane. Now, what if they're upstairs and you do this? Well, you're going to find them in the horizontal plane, but not in the vertical plane because they're slightly elevated from you. So you will see that when you're uh, when you raise when you try to get get the peak reading and you raise the um, meter to to see this. So it's going to be um, it's going to be horizontal again. Now the vertical would probably be maybe 10 degrees depending on um, how far how far they are from you. So that's what I'm what you're doing is getting it on the second floor but imagine that you're you don't know where it is and you're you're just sweeping the meter around and then you see it now it could be coming from a satellite it could be coming from a, a um, cell phone tower or it could be coming from a drone and you when you move the meter around you know you have to move it up and down as well as from as well as horizontally from side to side, you have to move it up and down too. And the only way I can show you how to do this, do a survey like that, I can kind of describe it to you, but most people would get confused when or frustrated because the um, because the signal is not horizontal. So you're going to be trying to find it in the horizontal plane, and you won't find it, and you'll get frustrated. You have to be able to move the meter in such a way that it covers a lot of territory without having to, um, w without knowing where exactly where it is. So that's why I say I need to um, I need to have video for this. But you'll still be able to use it. Um, okay, now I'm gonna see if I can. I'm going to go into um, YouTube and find this video for you. Okay, while he's doing that, I, I just want to kind of underscore, I, I do look forward to the time when um, we can afford to um, to do our, our webinar uh, have our, start having our webinars again um, because there are certain times uh, such as this when we do need to have um, video to demonstrate certain things, and it's it's a great way to connect with our um, with our audience more directly, and particularly for those that also have webcams. Usually, there'll be a certain amount that will also be allowed. Uh, 
to be uh, present and to show their webcams and so forth. So it's a great way to um, to connect with our audience and to do educational things that would uh, uh, inspire the community. So I'm hoping that uh, soon, maybe in a couple of months, we'll be able to start uh, having webinars again. And um, so uh, just it's going to just require a little patience, but we'll get there. Okay. All right, I put the I put the article for the meter in the chat room, and I gotta I have to clean up some of these videos. There's more than one version, but I'll give you the correct. Okay, so this um, this is says directional meter on your Android smartphone. So what mm-hmm. you're saying is you video recorded um, your your directional meter as it's picking up a signal or something like that. Is that what is that the idea? Yeah. That's it, Derek. Okay. Um, well, that's great because that's the kind of thing we're going to need to do when we start talking to our officials, uh, present them with um, actual video of um, footage of uh, what, we've, what we have found on our devices, and that will help in terms of uh, indicating to them that there are attack signals that are coming uh, into your residence that is um, that are harming you. So um, those types of videos are evidence, and it's um, it's one of the things that we can show them to indicate that uh, we are under surveillance and under attack. So uh, this is uh, what James has posted at his website. Uh, probably good, James. Um, I will also start. I think I'll add this also to uh, to the newsletter, so lots of people can see that. All right, that would be good. And uh, and I've got a video here. You know, when you first start using this, you'll notice I, uh, that the uh, person with this weaponry will turn it off because they don't want you knowing where they are. And that's kind of a good thing because you will get uh, you will get a brief respite away from what's going on of the torture. You'll find that they'll they'll get more uh, more used to you doing it, but they will still turn it off. They'll still try and hide it from you. And what you how you'll notice that is that they will when they turn it off, it's like the uh, it, the line is at one level. You know, maybe it's, I'm just going to pick a number like 40 microteslas, and then it will go down to like six microteslas or two. And that means that they've turned it off or turned it way down because they don't want you to find, to see them. Okay, now I put the video in there. You can see that on the first screen of the video. It's got a line starting out at one level and going to another much lower level. And so this this happens a lot, actually. They'll turn it off, try to hide it. And what they've done with me is they've, with their their transmitting, uh, usually they're transmitting RF, and the signal is enclosed or, or writing on an RF signal. And what they do is they have two beams and put both of them on you, and the RF signal will beat against each other because they're 
one is at 180 degrees offset from the other one, and it will cancel itself out, leaving the uh, uh, the signal that they want to have on you at the current time. But later on, what they'll do is they'll use only like ELF. ELF is their primary means of, I guess, measuring, doing things with your brain. That's what your uh, what you uh, let's see ELF. Um, well, your brain isn't like eight hertz, you know, normally, and many of the signals are that they do testing with you to you on are in the range of the of um, ELF and maybe um, you know ultra. What is it? Well, I'll just say ELF. I um, I'll, let me think about that a minute. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. What? All right. I'm getting um, a radiator right now. They they don't like what I'm doing right next door, and so I'm not thinking as clearly as I might. Uh, the yeah, Derek, can you help me out here? I'm I'm getting hit pretty hard. Oh, I'm sorry. I was on mute. Uh, one of the things I do want to to uh, to mention, basically, is that for those of you um, that have internet, uh, James's website is jameslico.com. That is james l i c o dot com. And um, you want to look for a page called Directional Meter on your Android smartphone. It's located at his website. So um, his website, again, is jameslico.com, L-I-C-O, dot com. And the, um, the video he is speaking about is called Directional Meter on Your Android Smartphone, for those that are following along. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you, go, if you go to the tab meters, if you haven't got it from here, Oh, test equipment, rather, the tab test equipment, and down below that is meters. And in, if you go there, then you'll see I have several things about that in there. And, um, yeah, so jameslico.com, that's the thing you have to remember. And uh, what else? Um, yeah, that should have everything in there that you need to read to understand this. It has the website where you download it from. It's All you need is the Android smartphone and you can download the software for free. You don't even need to have um, service on a smartphone. I had some, I had identified some on eBay that cost $35. And, um, you know, for $35 it's well worth it. I don't have any, I didn't have any um, I don't get anything from that just by just because I identified where it is doesn't mean that I'm getting the money. It's just you know it's your deal with um, with eBay. You don't have to have service. You can have uh, all you need is Wi-Fi. You turn on the Wi-Fi on the phone and pick up that that um, Wi-Fi signal, and you can download the software right from the um, 
you know, the site where you, you get the software, there's, o- there's only one that you can get software from. It's called Google Play, P-L-A-Y. And um, so once you download the software, you'll have it on there, and you can disconnect the Wi-Fi, and you don't have to use it again. But it's kind of a good thing to have. Uh, you can have a camera on that Android. You can have you can have a video or still camera. There's a lot of software, as you'll see, that you can download. And you know, for these these phones, you know, if they're 2G or 3G, they're old and they're not being used, and people get rid of them. So uh, I got a whole bunch of them for $35. I didn't get them, but I identified them to, to people. So I can do that. If you want one and you don't have service on an Android phone, if you a lot of people have Apple or iPhone, and I it may work on there, but I haven't identified um, software that does the same exact thing. So if you if you do if you identify that, please tell everybody because that's something we want to find out. Um, Derek, can we open it up for questions now? Because I think that would um, be okay. Okay, sure. Okay, thanks so much, James. Um, and um, we hope to hear uh, more from you in the uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're kind of in the process of developing a technical team that we can present to officials that can explain the phenomena that's happening to us, that can present uh, factual information in terms of what what's happening to us and as far as signals and um, meters and so forth are concerned so that we can help the, uh, the officials to develop the task force that we are asking of them and so that they will have some guidance in terms of developing this task force and as we, as we search for ways so that the city can help TIs and so that we can, as TIs, can start receiving help. So if we can get a couple of these task forces established, that will pave the way for some of the others. So um, everything, trust cities and officials go, they, they go by precedent. And whatever they see or hear of some other city doing, then if they can copy a program and it's easier for them to, and it's a lot easier for them to do that than trying to develop it, then they're more likely to listen to you and more likely to help you. So this is basically where we're going with that. Okay, we're talking with James Lico, who is a um, an electronics engineer, and he is speaking to us tonight about uh, meters and signal direction finding. So if you have questions or comments for him, please start eight on your phone as we begin our discussion. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh identify some new things to do with this in the future. But what I've been doing up to this point is taking um, a video of the screen as I'm pointing it where I identify looking at and taking, uh, making, you know, making audio commentary about what I'm looking at. I've also noticed that there are uh, um, or excuse me, screen capture utilities that will capture the screen of the Android phone and also allow you to make commentary. And I found even one that will have the front camera working. So 
your picture is on there. So it's like a that would be a complete evidentiary type thing. It would identify the time because the time is important for evidence. The, the picture of the uh, the screen and your picture to know that you did this. And um, the only thing that's missing is the direction. And I think one you might even be able to find one that has um, you know the compass on there so that you know where you're pointing it. The only thing is it can't. We need to also have probably a picture of the house or, you know, apartment where you think it's coming from. So you can see that you're pointing it directly at that thing. If you call the police, you can even use this to um, as evidence. You take a few videos and you you can either string them all together in one, excuse me, one video, like if you have pictures. Uh, if you took still pictures, or you can just show, show the policeman the videos, the video of you of, uh, of showing the lines coming together, and then and also where you move the meter from side to side so that the lines flare out and show that they're actually being squeezed by some signal and not just because they're there by themselves. Okay, Jen, could you give the name of the app that they can download? Okay, sure. All right. It's in the it's the name of the app is in the article that I wrote, but I'll I'll look it up here. I think it's uh well I don't wanna I don't wanna think. I wanna just uh, get it. Um Okay, if you type into your browser, you can look at it this way. If you type into your browser, play.google.com, that's what I'm doing right now to find it. And if you've been, if you go in here and use your phone, and uh, it will google.play or this website will learn what meter is yours, and you can actually. Tell it to put that software on your phone this way, but I think it's better to just assume that you know you have to go into into there with your phone. Uh, so okay, I'm on the site and I'm put in apps, which an app, and then um, I'm going to put in EMF. Assuming you, well, this is just generic, and then when it it's the fourth one in. I think it must be pretty popular. I saw another TI's comment on it. She liked it. Okay, it's the one that says Ghost EMF Detector. It's the fourth one, and there's a lot of them. There's probably a hundred, and this is the fourth one. Down. You can select it and read about it. It's the one with the green, yellow, and red circle with the green ghost in the middle. And you can see what the lines look like. You can see what the screen looks like. And there is a, okay, the lines, there's, the three lines are in a, you know, evenly spaced apart when there's no signal. And when there is a strong signal, they're squinched together in one line. And um, the only way you can get that kind of, that thing to happen is if there's a very strong signal that you're being tortured with. 
Otherwise, you probably would never see that, those lines scrunched together. Now, down at the bottom, if you're looking at it, there's a slider that goes all the way from right to left. And that is the sensitivity um, function. And um, normally what would happen, what a developer would do would be to put low, medium, and high sensitivity. High sensitivity means that it's like, uh, say, 0 to 10. Medium would be 0 to 100. And low sensitivity would be uh, 0 to 1,000. So you would, it just, it's an indication of how much you have to move the meter or how much um, the signal will move uh, the result. And, um, okay, you see I wrote a comment there. And then another TI who I don't know uh, left a comment that they liked it. But it's, you know, it's just, it's really going, this is really going to, if people use it, now nobody's used it, nobody, not too much people have used it, but if people get to using it, it will intimidate the the perps. It, you know, it's before we, they don't, you don't know where they are, but now you know exactly where they are. I, you know, I think they can see through your eyes and hear what you hear. And um, that, when I use this meter, it bears it out because as soon as they see, as soon as I found them, I notice that they turn it off, they try to hide it, they'll try to make it seem like it's coming from somewhere else. But, you know, you can see that, you can see that they are hiding it. You can see that they are turning it off. And then they'll turn it back on when you stop looking. So basically okay. you can... So you have kind of um, a brief rest, uh, gosh, you have a, a brief respite sometimes when, um, when you start to detect them. Right, when you, uh, if you're getting tortured, and this is what I do, when, it, when it, there's a strong signal and I'm being tortured, I aim the meter there and, and they will see it through, you know, you believe that through your eyes, and uh, it will moderate. They'll turn it off and they'll try and hide it. The, whole, the time wow. that you're looking at them, they get bolder after a while, but it's never. They always will do that to a certain extent. Okay, well that's interesting because, um, and this is a free app, right? Something that you can download. Uh, you have to have yes. Google Play, and um, you have a phone and, and you know uh, an account on there, but it won't cost you any money. Okay, so. You can uh, use like um, something with Android or a smartphone or iPhone or um, Only Android. I I wish I could find an one. Well, I don't have an iPhone, so I didn't do that. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, um, maybe. Can I make a comment on it? Sure. Um, what what I found, I I stick to basically analog. And mm -hmm. uh, as I'm using my analog, I use the same procedure you do, up, down, left, right. I stand in the center of the room, do a 360, and then approach the strongest signal. And then I do the old up and down, side to side. But I film my meter as I'm doing it. Um, Gamma Guard is an app that has an uh, arrow that will show you direction. But what I have found is that 
one minute, it'll point to a source. Like, I'll produce my own source. I'll make my own source, you know? And then I'll go to another part of the room, and it won't be pointing to the source. You know, it's not it's not consistent. That's, I found that the the uh, online apps aren't consistent. They're a little confusing. Whereas with analog equipment, it's dead on every time. And, like, when I know the time is coming, you know, certain, you know, they have a schedule. I'll turn all my equipment on, and all of a sudden, all my meters will just start dancing. And I know it's game time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with... um, you know, I use different kind of meters, but just let's let's say with a simple Gauss meter, you're doing milligauss. Um, you can pretty much tell the pulses, and once you see pulses, then you get out your frequency counter and you figure out which frequency it is, and then you can tell. You know, I I, I prefer the analog. I mean, the the apps are handy, but they're not consistent. Like I say, that arrow will be pointing one direction one minute. And I know they haven't moved because I compare it to my analog. My analog hasn't changed. They're in the same spot, same place, but the arrow on the app has. So I, I just wanted to add that. Okay. And what what's your name? I'm sorry. I didn't get that. I'd rather not say. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, that's fine. I... Uh... I have noticed that they're able to fool me sometimes with the um, ELF signals because that are not encased or enclosed in RF um, because this meter only measures RF. It doesn't measure anything lower and not higher either. So um, they can fool you. I'd say it, this is probably accurate about 90 percent of the time that's a pretty good um, that's pretty good 90 percent is pretty good they'll be able to fool you sometimes they are always trying to fool you and the way they'll start out is by turning it off and then you'll have to try and well where did it go and so they'll but you're not getting tortured anymore and and they'll have to turn it back on to do that then you'll it's a you'll play cat and mouse with them and I've seen I don't know. People say that they can use the wiring in your house, and I see maybe they can do some of that, but that's only 10% of the time that they're able to fool you. So I, I think, you know, for a free app on your phone that you're already paying for, it's pretty good for a first meter. And, uh, you know, if you're going to go with anything more sophisticated, then, of course, maybe it might work better. Um, but I... Uh, Myself, I haven't found anything to work better. I did get some software. See, I think it's software-defined radio software, and I can put that in the in there too. So it'll give you something to to shoot for. Um, oh, I'll put it in a minute. I can't find it right now. There's a um, software-defined radio you, where you can. Um, you can um, it, it's programs that you can download for the most part, and it's you're what you're doing is programming 
uh, a meter that can do practically anything, can can detect practically anything, and, and all it needs is software to run. And uh, you can, there's free software for a spectrum analyzer, which uh, will show you the, you know, the, the it will show you the signal, what the signal looks like in different, you know, in the different bands. So you can cover a lot of area with just one software-defined radio. And there is even an app to uh, have your phone um, act like a um, spectrum analyzer. So there's a lot of things going on. Things are changing. The equipment's changing, getting more sophisticated. And we're able to now home in a little better, you know, people with um, with the funds can do a lot better with with meters that you can buy. But this is for, this is uh, like a beginner's meter. It's, it's for people who don't have the funds to um, to detect this normally. And so for free, it's pretty good. If you have any questions now, you can email me. My, my email address is Let's see, J-A-F is in Frank, E in Edward, L, Lima, O is in Oak, dot gmail dot com. That's J-A-F-E-L-C-O at gmail dot com. And I'll be glad to get back with you, um, you know, answer your questions. I, I'd rather not give my phone out because I would be inundated with phone calls and probably some of them would be perps. So I want to avoid that and just do it email by email at first, and, and maybe we can connect up by phone later on. I have some questions. Sure. Um, when you mentioned that you could get close to the source, how close do you need to be? Oh, well, if they're reaching you and torturing you, that's close enough. You know, if you're if you're if you can if you know they're there and you know they're sending a signal over to you, then that's mm -hmm. that's what you need. I mean, that's all you need. Does that make well, sense? My, yeah, like I just be, be I wouldn't want to be standing in front of somebody's house because they just you know it would call attention to yourself. No, so you, I was, no, to do that. You can be wherever you are is fine in your house is fine. Okay. It doesn't matter how far you are because even if it's a satellite, it's going to be like maybe I don't know 100 miles away or 50. So if it's if if it's hurting you, then you can measure it, you can detect it with this. So can the signal come from the air? It can come from a satellite, which are it could be you know, I guess up to 100 miles away. Uh, I, although I think they're closer now because they have newer satellites and smaller satellites or it can be coming from a drone or it could be coming from a cell phone tower which could be miles away like three or four mm -hmm. miles away mm -hmm. and or it could be coming from the house next door which could be a hundred feet away right so um, you know if it's coming to you and it's hurting you then you're going to be able to detect it these are directed energy the reason they get close to you is because the signal distorts or blooms, B-L-O-O-M-S, 
the further it goes, if it goes through, um, you know, your wall or something, it's going to bloom. And they want, they use this for two-way communications between your body and their their uh, instrument or transmitter. And uh, I believe that they need to have these signals, these signals uh, distorted, and I think that's why they have people next to you. And also, I think they have them next to you to um, interfere or interject into your into your um, environment and change things. So there's probably a, there's a couple of reasons. But like I said, they need to have clean signals because it's two-way communications. They they get your uh, all your vital signs and your nerve impulses, and these are very uh, small, tiny signals that they have to measure and report on. I think they're they're doing human experimentation, and they're reporting data back to colleges and universities, and you know, probably many more places that I don't know about. But the colleges and universities, uh, I found out, work with um well they they're doing the president's brain initiative and there's a lot of information data to be transmitted back and forth because they want to figure this all out they already did the neat dna sequencing on on targeted individuals and they're doing they're going ahead and continuing with the human experimentation because we're there and you know believe it or not we're very they pay a lot of money for us they pay these morons to um, to drive us and you know make us do whatever it is we have to do they have to make us do we're basically slaves and um, they're like animal handlers in a laboratory the way they used to have it like handling hamsters but we're the hamsters now and uh, so anyway so that's that's my little speech okay. on that. So I just want to move on to my next question, if I could, please. I didn't quite. Um, did you say that there is a uh, a video on YouTube called a directional meter on your Android smartphone, or was that um, something else you were talking about? Yeah, if you go on to let's see. YouTube. How to use this? I'm just reading the title. How to use Android cell phone as as meter. Okay. And some numbers. Okay. Um, if I were you, I would investigate the app creator's credentials. Um, initially, I know this is a beginner app, but I can just see myself going into court, and the court wants an expert witness, and they want to know uh, what this guy or gal's credentials are who created the app, and I would want to avoid getting laughed off the the thing. Yeah. So. I want to know what is an, what is the name of the equipment that is that would be a, a better purchase if somebody could afford it besides this app on your Android phone. Is it a spectrum okay. analyzer or is it an RF yeah, meter? And I have an article for that too, which you can use as um, you can use as comparison. Because you know, I like the idea of free to start out, but it ultimately. Um, if you, I can just see this happening because it's happened to me more or less. So you call the cops, they come over. Um, 
I can tell them 10 different examples why I think I have spyware on my phone and they just laugh and leave. Um, yeah, but it's in, so it's if in I, a, if I it's in show the them this, If I show them this app on my phone, I think they're going to laugh and leave as well. So I want to get whatever's necessary to make this more and then have an expert witness handy uh, who is... Who can, that's all, you know, if we had that, we'd be all set. But I have never been, I have never been taken into the hospital, and I even had guns in my house, and they, they knew I did, and they let me keep the guns. I guess I maybe I sound like, like I know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I, but you have to, you have to sound, you have to be calm. You mm-hmm. have to explain in the best terms that you can. You have right. to say that. It's a um, it, this meter has three sensors. It uses three sensors to detect in the horizontal, vertical, and diagonal plane in the like in the third dimension also. And the signal deviates the sensors, and they only go into one line like that when there's a strong signal pointed at you. So they're not going to do that um, if there's any other case like that. It's not going to, like, for radio waves for your radio that your radio might receive. They're very, those are very subtle signals, very soft. Or or even signals from your, that will come to your phone if there's a call that you're going to get. So, because um, those signals are always coming from the, the, uh, the cell phone tower. And, you know, they don't hurt you normally. So... We're only talking about signals that come from a transmitter that these perps are using that is is put there specifically to hurt you. So it's not going to be, it's only going to be there if there's a, a dangerously strong signal. Like I, I measured once from coming from a microwave oven and it was signals that I could also feel and I put the meter up there and they did make the, sig- the the lines come into all in all into one. So, yeah, it has to be signal a signal that you wouldn't normally feel that is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Dangerous to you to to have it uh enter your body. And so is is there oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. And I said normally that's not there in under right. normal circumstances. Uh well you can take that uh, that article I wrote and you know use it, cut you know, take parts of it and put it into a. What I would do is put it into a um, something that you understand and that you would expect the police to understand, or somebody that really didn't know anything about electronics. And and also, uh, what you could do is you could go to the Google Maps maps.google.com mm-hmm. and you could print out a map of your area as seen from a satellite and so it shows the houses up and then you mm-hmm. put that on a uh, table and you put the meter on top of it and you could swing it around and you know where you find a signal you can move them move it around you know to so that it works but you're what you're trying to do is 
be on a like have a map that looks the same as your neighborhood and when you find a signal coming from one of the houses then you match it up to the house it's coming on the map from and you put a little x on that house and you know make appropriate marks to say that this is you know tell what you think is happening you know in your own sure. in your own writing and words well and uh, go ahead no go ahead all right so so you're you're keeping this map up then when you get right. the houses marked, you can go to whitepages.com if you want to write that down. I'm sorry, and white or light pages? White. Like white color. isn't in the color? Yeah, and you uh, put in, say, your own, if you've been there a while, you put in your own mm-hmm. name and look for, um, look for your, see, you know, your address, but what you're doing what white pages does is they do reverse lookups, like given the number, what's who lives there. So um, when you found your own, they'll I don't know somehow they want to know that you know somebody in that neighborhood because you can't just look for anybody without any, knowing names. But if you once you get your own address and it identifies you, then you can say there's a feature. I I don't have it right in front of me, but there's a feature where you can have it list all your neighbors, and it and it will if they've been there for a while. It will list all your neighbors. On then, Google Maps. Uh, on WhitePages.com. Oh. Hmm. And um, it'll list the ones that it can, that it knows it, that have been there a while, and you know, in that way, you can find out their names and addresses. Okay. Isn't that? So I have two more questions. Um, I, well, I'll have a comment and then two questions. I think it would be a good idea for you to investigate the the app create, creator's credentials and find out whether they're an electronics engineer, excuse me, an electrical engineer or an electronics engineer uh, or what have you um, that would be interesting for me anyway or all of us to know and I don't. Yeah don't have anything to do with it. I try to stay as far away from Android as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, My um, second question is, so if I were to hire somebody who had a spectrum analyzer to be an expert witness, what type of person would I look for, an electrical engineer? Yeah, basically, or someone who uh, had a uh, a two-year or three-year degree in electronics. They don't have to be they don't have to, you know, build anything. Well, I think there's a the the bar associations keep lists of experts that they use in trials, and so that's probably who I would want to, you know, focus on yeah, somebody so, like that. So um, electric with all the respect and, that is recognized in their field, et cetera, et cetera. I'm also wondering whether, um, and this is more a question for Derek or any of the old timers out there, whether there's a compendium of laws which uh, list a list of laws which this type of attack violates that you could just also hand to the officer and say, you know, because they're they're not familiar with federal law and they're not uh, obviously not uh, familiar with international law or anything like that. And I want to have a list handy and I could just hand it to Mr. Officer or Ms. Officer and say, Okay, so this is what it's violating. 
All right. Um, basically, I can answer uh, that to some degree. In talking to attorneys about um, laws that this uh, kind of harassment violates, uh, depending on what's happening to you, uh, one of the most important laws that it violates is um, basically assault, uh, and in some instances, felony assault, depending on the type of injuries that you're sustaining. Uh, anybody that injures you with any type of uh, weapon or device, that is mm-hmm. a, that's assault. And that's basically what's happening to some, to those that are experiencing the electronic attacks. Sure. So um, that's what you would explain to an officer. But if I were you, I would not try to explain that to an officer. Um, what we are trying to do is trying to get uh, our city council involved in this process so that they can bring police officers into it. Um, if you try to do this yourself with an officer, you have to um, explain a whole barrage of things as right. to how this is happening to you and why. Right. Well, like I'm just do, kind of thinking down the lane here. Well, well, let me finish explaining. What we like to do is get this process installed into um, as a protocol. Uh, so the officers will, when you approach them with the situation, they will already be briefed about what this is. So you don't have oh. to explain all that, right. and then they won't have to try to figure out how to help you. I see. This is the, this is the purpose of going to council first so that they can do all um, the... Uh, uh, the the supervisory, um, the, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, the red tape sort of things, so that uh, uh, managerial types of uh, tasks that are associated with establishing a sort of protocol for this, for this issue, because that's the way police officers uh, operate. If they really are not in a position to event to invent policy for talking mm-hmm. to individuals, whether they understand it or not. So I would not recommend trying to explain uh, radio frequency assaults to them. That's really not their job at this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No matter how to explain it, because what what their job is is what they're told to do, and that's all they do. That's all right, they're going right. to do. Right. So if you bring something new to them like this, um, that's you might not get much service. Yeah. Sure. Oh, this is why we're talking to officials to try to sure. establish this protocol. Okay. So, um, so basically yeah. what we're talking about, what James is talking about, is at some point when we bring officers into this um, equation, um, how we're going to develop a task force and what types of protocols they will establish as far as signal detection. For instance, if you call a police officer uh, that's already been briefed that is part of a task force assigned to targeted individuals, what kinds of information are you going to put down? And then uh, they might have some type of meters uh, that the city has purchased for them. This is what we're kind of extrapolating. Um, Or if they have uh, phones that have that app or something like that, that might uh, give them an idea of where the signal is coming from. We don't really know for sure how this is going to play out in terms of um, real-life situations. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, eventually we uh, we went to uh, to work through the managerial process to where um, from the city council down uh, to the police right. chief and on down to uh, the officer right. as far as how how to handle calls with target individuals. Right. So this is a whole different. We're just charting new waters right. here because right. all other types of assault are basically uh, direct contact with the uh, with the victim. So this is something we have to kind of establish. I see. So, uh, yeah, I, I worked not, for government I, for I 20 not, years. I know how that works. Yeah, I would not try to uh, establish this yourself with an officer. Um, but anyway, uh, we're getting to a point where we'll have these protocols in place soon. It's going to take a little bit of doing, a few more weeks, a couple months, and then maybe we'll have something in hand. Uh, but anyway, this is basically the groundwork. When you come to them, uh, you'll need some type of uh, proof um, to show that you are being attacked sometimes. Um, so uh, this is one way to establish that, um, that you're under attack and uh, which house it may be coming from and uh, hopefully we'll get to the point where uh, TIs will learn to pair up with each other, team up with each other, so that you would not have to be afraid to walk around the block and indicate which house your harassment is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're carrying a phone, it's not like um, you'll be that conspicuous. People carry phones with them wherever they go. Sure. Um, so um, if 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 you can find the guilty house and actually point out the room, that would give a police officer a clearer idea of uh, where the culprit is and where the um, offending device um, is located. Um, the thing about that, though, is that the perpetrators tend to move equipment out as soon as uh, people catch on to them. So that's something to consider, but in the meantime, you're getting relief while all that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's one benefit of that. Uh, and anyway, uh, once you get police involved and perpetrators start seeing police coming around, that kind of thing, I would say that is bound to change your targeting. Oh, mm-hmm. not, in my, not in my case. This woman thinks she owns the police department. Uh, well, if they start coming around and they start asking questions, things will things will be bound. Things will uh, things will change. I would I would bet. Mm-hmm. Um, the more people, the more um, layers of um, of red tape. Um, the more officials uh, you get involved in your case and your situation, coming around asking questions the safer you'll be and the more that um, your perpetrators will start to back off. Um, this is what has happened in Brenda's case. I have, to, I have to check with her and see how she's doing. But um, she Where was she able live? to back off. Well, this was last week, if you were here at the call. No. Uh, she, was, she was able to back off her perpetrators, at least temporarily. Wow. As of, uh, we got to check with uh-huh. her. But um, she was. She brought in um, her housing authority. She lived. Uh, the perpetrators lived directly above her, so she knew 
she knew exactly where they were. She didn't have to um, uh, right. find equipment and 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 uh, find uh, the direction of signals. She actually knew where they were, could hear them talking, and right. oh, that was not an issue. But there were other issues involved as to um, how she was able to determine that this lady was targeting her through the um, through the actual wiring. So mm-hmm. that. That was an issue in her case, and she was able to bring housing in, into this. She brought the health department into this. Uh, she brought master electricians into her case. All yeah. of these uh, people that are, you know, coming around and looking into what, what's happening and uh, talking to housing and um, their, their threats of, you know, if we find something that shouldn't be happening, we could pull her voucher or something like that, which would impair her ability to pay the rent. So with all of that going on, that kind of spooked her perpetrators, and they started moving equipment out of that apartment right away. Oh, interesting. So what you get that on do, film? What? Did they get that on film? Um, the, they, I don't know. The if moving out of equipment? On, I think she might have gotten some pictures as, as now that you mention it. I think she did, did get some pictures of her carrying some equipment down the street. Uh, wow. There's no way to tell what exactly that equipment is from that distance, but she knew that that was the uh, the targeting equipment. Really? Wow. So um, that um, depending those those pictures could be incriminating. So you've really got to be in a position of, I mean, you have to use a bit of strategy, a bit of intelligence, but you can uh, put your perps on the ropes, especially if you start bringing out equipment that identifies them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So this is what we're talking about with this equipment, that, um, that people can... Um, this is something that they can use as a weapon in their arsenal. We have so few weapons sure. to utilize in this struggle, but this mm-hmm. is something that TIs can use to start leveling the playing field. Right. And the more evidence that they can gather against the perps, the more believability they will develop. Um, and when police um, you know, start asking questions about you know, how do you know you're being attacked and who's doing it, you can start to say, uh, you can show them this equipment, the meters, and the direction that it's coming from and say it's coming from over there. And this is the device that shows it. Mm -hmm. So um, this equipment that James is talking about is very specific uh, as far as uh, indicating where the signals are coming from and, uh, as he says, not only the house but the exact room where the equipment uh, is being used. So if you have all the information and can show the police, providing you have a police department that is on board with understanding what targeting is about, and that is going to be a very important prerequisite. Um, once they're on board, that that makes everything infinitely easier for you. And um, pretty soon, if we can get enough cities involved in this, we can start looking towards uh, the police being empowered to start making some arrests. And at that point, at that point is when TIs will start to feel safer 
and will start to be safer and um, maybe start to back off some of these curves. So anyway, this is one this is one of the defense items that you guys can use um, in this in this war. Basically, the war has been one-sided. Right. But once we start to develop um, things that will start to level uh, the playing field, then the dynamic will instantly change. Sure. Oh. So I, I appreciate the explanation. I, I get it all, all of it. I'm curious, has the um, the gal, I forget what city it was in California uh, that got the ordinance uh, passed, uh, they, the woman Amen. who, I'm sorry? Amy, I think. Oh, did she, was she able to move any further with this and maybe get some policies written or anything like that? Or is it just pretty much dormant at the moment? Well, see, um, that's, that's the thing here with Amy. We are doing follow-up. And... Um, the important thing of, of what's happening with Amy is that this has really not happened um, before because um, when we're, whenever we've uh, talked to officials and explained right. our case with them, uh, we've not been able to do any type of follow-up. Basically, sure. we're in a situation and then um, they're not to be found again. Right. With Amy, she is so persistent and because she's talking to us, to city officials rather than people that are way away in Washington somewhere, she's able to, like, walk across the street and talk to them face-to-face and Mm -hmm. follow up with them. And Mm -hmm. so she has been keeping up with them and likewise. Um, And uh, so there has been some movement in her case, and she has some things that she is working on. And... um, we may be able to present some 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 information to the community in in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, that will that will kind of be a guide for those that are looking to seek help seek for help in their city. So that's coming up um, very shortly. Um, let's see. There's something I was going to say. I just lost kind of lost my train of thought concerning that. Um, it'll come back to me in a minute. Um, but anyway, all of this is a process. Sure. And basically, it it involves contacting your city officials, and these are people that I believe are in a position to help. And um, if you can talk to the right ones, they will help. And um, and Amy's in conversation with those that are working with her. And this is why I'm, so I'm talking about uh, if you can um, connect with the right local officials um, that, um, that will listen to you and follow up with you and try to um, uh, assist in your case, then um, eventually you'll, have, um, you'll be in a position to where you can um, start to help them to help you. And that's with Amy. Mm-hmm. And have officials that are willing to do things like perhaps develop a task force that will look into TI cases. This will be for the city of Richmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's, once that is established, then you know, that can be replicated in other, in other cities. 
we can start to um, um, gather uh, data and um, start to develop protocols for helping TIs. And once then it's established, maybe within six months, we will have um, we, we will have something to where um, um, an established protocol for um, uh, taking calls that come into um, task force offices, um, how um, officers respond to TI uh, cases, what types of things they will look for, what types of devices they will use. All of these things will need to be established. Um, and most importantly, how they go about apprehending um, the offenders. How do they mm -hmm. uh, go about apprehending the perpetrators? And this is what will cause the targeting to stop. Right now, they have a field day because there are no, um, there's no one uh, prosecuting them for what they're doing, and they're completely um, at liberty to do whatever targeting that they want. Um, but once we start getting um, administration officials involved and police departments, then that, that dynamic will start to change. So these are some of the things that we're working on, um, and over the next few months, I think we'll start to see some significant changes. Okay, um, if you're just joining us, we're talking with James Lico, um, who has, let's see, James, are you still here? Okay, looks like you're here. I'm here. Hey, right, we're, we're talking with uh, James Lico, who is kind of giving us some instructions uh, on using a device, um, a radio frequency detection device that can be downloaded onto um, onto a smartphone or Android or and so forth that TIs can use to find the signal that is uh, entering their home, uh, the tor the torture attack signal, and um, that's basically um, I think that it's going to be very important in terms of uh, proof and evidence that people are being attacked with these radio frequency devices. Um, as the guy was saying earlier, he videotapes his, um, um, his results that he finds on his devices. And that, is, uh, that can be provided as proof of being targeted. So um, these are some of the uh, ways that we are looking at in terms of TIs being able to establish the facts of covert harassment with radio frequencies. So anyway, uh, James has been working on this for a number of years, and, uh, it's, and hopefully we can impart enough knowledge to the community that will enable them to... Um, to present this to their officials so that they can take action to help them. And I hope that's clear. Um, if you'd like to join the discussion uh, with James, star 8 is the request to talk feature on your phone uh, to join our discussion. So I, um, what I've done is write that, write these, um, the article so that you can read it, but you can also, I, I haven't really thought of this yet, but uh, I used to fax in a summary of what I was talking about 
to the police department, and the person who was in charge of sending the police out, like the desk sergeant or whatever dispatcher, well, he would read it, and I actually got them to get the people down below me to moderate what they were doing, although it doesn't last because these people are sociopaths, and they will, you know, they're like people that are hiding from their mothers, and they'll come back and do it when they're not nobody's has forgot about it or when they're not looking. So you have to keep doing it over and over again because there's no laws against it, and they can just keep doing it. Um, but if you can get people to listen to what you're doing and say, and like have a cup of page, maybe one page or two pages at most, that you can fax out or send out, email out to somebody who is in charge of the police or somebody like, and at the city council, if you you know if you can do that, I live in a small town, so I really could do that. I don't know. I guess it's harder to do that if you live in a large town, city. But um, however, whoever you can get to to look at it, and you know have it in a smaller format than that whole article, then you know that's all good. That's that will help you. And because, you know, not only the people who you send know it, but the perps, your perps will know that you sent it. They they see all your communications, and they'll know you sent it. And so they know how it's being received. And that's really the thing. So if you can get it condensed down so in one page it can be understood by the people you send it out to, you could have successes that way. Um James, is that um, my name's Angela? Hi, I just saw your website. It's wonderful. I really like it. I just looked at it. Um, mm-hmm. I've been targeted since two ten, and it was really harsh for a long time. The other two weeks ago, I had this guy come to my door, and he was—I um, think he was V two K'd. I would—I would bet on it. But it was really strange because every time I was trying to sleep, he would say something. And it would wake me up. And so I opened my window, and the guy turned around like he was – I couldn't see a gun, but he if he didn't have a gun, he was definitely pointing his two pointer fingers right at me up the window. Scared the crap out of me, so I called the police. And I've been intimidated so much to the point where I was afraid of everybody, the police, the psychiatrist, the hospitals. And I used to be, I used to, I saw your Mark, the the whistleblower for Mark, I used to be a farm rep. And that Mm -hmm. happened to me. And so um, I was kind of uh, um, afraid. But I did call the police and four uh, patrolmen came, took the guy away. They said that he was violating his parole. I went down to the police office, um, yeah, a little bit later, and I said, I asked to follow up as a concerned citizen. Um, I didn't say that the guy had uh, V2K and that he was mind-reading me, and every time he was, <laughs> I was about ready to sleep, the perps were telling him to make a noise. I didn't say anything yeah, like that. Happens. I was a concerned citizen, and I was following up. The police officer, um, there was one female and a male, and the male just put his hands on his head and kind of like shook his head like, oh, no, here she is. And this female was very, um, she was she was helpful. She told me to call mm-hmm. the mayor's office, 
and she said, you need to call the mayor's office and kind of give them a description of what happened and let, you know, let the mayor's office know that this is kind of going on and stuff. And I said, okay. I didn't do it because I don't have any documentation that I, I, I had I had a bad time. I, I used to call in um, psychiatric hospitals for a living, and um, I actually thought, well, if they think I'm so crazy, I'm going to go sit in a psychiatric hospital and let them diagnose me. <laughs> well, that didn't work out very well. Um, so, yeah, they took me to the sixth floor, and then I was there for three days, and um, I'm definitely targeted by this company that I, I um, got let go from after 10 mm-hmm. years. But anyway, I... Um, just, where is that document that you're referring to on your website? Yeah, it's the article I wrote explaining how to use the Android cell phone as a meter with that application. Okay. And, uh, but it's kind of lengthy. You wouldn't want to turn that into anybody. You'd have to take some parts of it and turn it into a condensed form. And that's in your on your website it's, under... Under... You look under... Uh, Test equipment, there's a tab. And then okay. under that, there's meters. I'm going to have to fix that. But um, basically, you want to have the important stuff like what, how does the meter detect it? You want to have a picture of it so that, you know, if you have that, it's like having the warranty of a piece of equipment that you bought or the instruction manual. So you're turning this into them. It's something that actually you put together. You you condensed my my um, documentation down into one page, and you hand it to them, and it's like it's like someone handed them the manual or or uh, written instructions. It it kind of it it makes you more um, believable because right. you've taken the time to do that, and and actually they will they'll take it like it. You know, they'll read it, and then if it makes sense to them, they'll actually act on it. And if it doesn't make sense, they won't. Right. So if you you have this, you're just that much is, more believable. I don't have a um, – I have an Apple. So um, I um, guess I'm guilty. I'm guilty of having an Apple. Well, I'm sorry. I, don't, I haven't done research on that. I didn't have one. But if you could just – what I did to – to find this, I downloaded every application that had the X, Y, and Z lines. Because you're taking a reading in three planes, like horizontal, vertical, and diagonal. You have to test it, and it has to work the way either I said or or so that it actually tells you that there's a strong signal right. coming from the way. If you're I was going to get one from Amazon or something, that wasn't too much money. Um, do you have a, any um, name brands or anything like that that you that you recommend? No. No, I haven't. I don't have much money, so I haven't been looking at that. There's people yeah, that have done a lot of work on on finding inexpensive meters that work well and have the documentation that is, works well. So um, if, if I was going to go on an application for... Um, for Apple, I could just type in, what would you type in to search for one? Really basically EMF, those letters, electromotive mm-hmm. force. It means it means energy. And um, There's so many, thing. though. And, and the thing is, some of them don't yeah. point, you know. 
some of them don't. You want to find some that, you want to find the ones that have the readings using three sensors, and I think Apple also has three sensors, just like the Android. But I don't know if they work the same. So you're gonna have you're on your own there. I uh, okay. If I had an Apple, I would. You know, there's so many things I I could find out about the the qualifications of the person who wrote the software, but it's just more stuff I I just, you know, I can only do so much. Yeah, and And you said to put it over, you can print out or print out the map of Google Maps and your neighbors and stuff like that, and you can actually kind of put that over top and go. Right, I'm telling you that because I found that to be helpful. Because you're going to find out with that map, you're going to be able to draw out what, you know, this is line of sight. And basically, if you're looking through a telescope, it's going to be exactly straight. It's like going to be a straight arrow. It's like a ray, and it's line of sight. You can't, it's not right. going to go over the horizon. It's not going to bounce off things. It's going to go directly straight or not at all. Right. So they're, they're aiming these things at you in their line of sight. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it is so true what Derek said. After I called the police, I my targeting has gone down. Knock on wood. Right. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. And I'm just waiting. <laughs> Not really waiting. But I hope what you're saying isn't true, that they're just, like, hiding from their moms and going to pop up somewhere else. But oh, yeah. They don't have any oversight, so they, you know. And they, I read that they um, that they they're the only ones that could do this if they're if they don't have any empathy, and if they don't have any empathy, somebody I read somewhere that they uh, were probably abused, probably have you know, this kind of abuse in their history, and that's the reason that they're doing it. You know, maybe there's more complex reasons like they're psychopath or something like that or sociopaths but they said if they have abuse in their history maybe you know sexual abuse or some kind of like abuse like that and then that's why they're doing it because they're not they're not suffering the way they would if they didn't ha- if they had if they had empathy and they were doing it, it would injure them psychologically to do it and they couldn't do it like you can imagine if you had to do that yourself it would it would hurt you. Right. So, I just think about so, the universities because I do live by a pretty big university um and um have, have you know, they they do a lot of research. Um mm-hmm. I just wow. wonder how far I would have to dig to really find out if I'm, you know, in in one of these research studies. I mean, mm-hmm. if I asked a doctor that I knew to help me out um, yeah. Would they be able to find that information, or is that just so hidden under the radar that you can't you can't touch it? Well, there will be to get rid of the population. The population. There's a lecture on tonight right in front of uh, Coast to Coast, and it's titled "The Revolution War." And it's how they're killing people and why they're killing them, and it's to depopulate the world. And, and I think it's a part of all that. It's an interesting program if you want to get it on. It just finished, so you'd have to look it up and get it on and listen to it later. But it was an interesting program about the population war 
and why they're killing off the people. And I think it, that what you're talking about tonight is just a part of demoralizing and depressing and making the people ill and getting them off the population. But that's what he's saying. I was more targeted because I was a, they thought I was a whistleblower, (laughs) whatever. Um, But yeah, I I mean, I'm, that's, that's why I know that's why. Well, they think they can do it for any reason, whatever, I suppose. I had a rule change in Japan, the Marine Corps, and the Marine Corps general put me on the list because he was mad. So I've been on it ever since. I'm listening right. to that. And so I'll put it on mute and listen to you. And it's been right. interesting to tonight. Right. So I, I would go to the university. Like I would go to the university and try and find out from started someone like the secretary, and they might refer you to someone else, but you want to find out how someone, how they would actually present results from uh, an individual. Like, would they, of course, they're not going to give their name. They're not going to give their, any information about them. So how could you find out is what you want to find out. How could you find out if you're in one of those tests? Right. And maybe they would just tell you. Maybe. um, I tried. Yeah. I tried to enroll, enroll in a study. It was funny. I went and I found the building like hidden. Nobody knows where it is. No windows. That kind of thing. And I got mm-hmm. in. It was hard to do because you have to be in security. And I just the guy that was going in before me just, I just he just held the door and I walked in. And um, I found a person to talk to. And I, I really didn't know what quite what to say. So I said, "How do I enroll in a study?" And um, she said, "Well, you." which study do you want to enroll in? And there was something on the board um, regarding anxiety or something. I said, well, um, I don't know, maybe that one. <laughs> it was a poster. And she said, okay, well, we'll give you, you know, the, the lady's name who's in charge and you can call. And so I did. And it was funny because I, I, I did qualify for the study. I had everything that I could tell her, even if it wasn't true, um, to give me the qualifications for for being in this study, and then she told me, "I'm sorry, but um, you don't qualify for this study." And you know, I just I just didn't take it any further. I probably should. I should go back and ask. Just hey, can you can you check it out? But I wonder how if they list list you as your they have to list you as your name, or maybe just your birthday, or just your social security number. Do they change the I think that security is really to protect them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't right. think it's to protect the people. But they would take your name out and give you a number, and probably right. the birth date would be the same. Maybe, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't enroll in any of those things. They're all... Oh, no, I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> I was just asking. I just wanted to kind of see if I – maybe they didn't disqualify me or, or I wasn't qualified even though I, I – fit, um, or I can say I fit under the qualifications because I'm already in one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But, uh... Thank you. Yeah, sure. Information. So... Okay, thanks, James. Uh, If you're just joining us, we're talking with James Lico, who is, um... Electronics engineer, and uh, basically he is here to. Um, has been talking with us about 
how you can detect the uh, the torture frequencies that um, are entering your home and the device that you can use uh, to find them. Um, it is also a direction-finding device. Um, you can not only detect the frequencies, but you can determine exactly where they're coming from. And that's going to always be important if you're dealing with the police or officials. You know, where exactly it's coming from, and uh, according to James, you can determine the exact room um, that is coming from the house and the room and which side of the room the device is located on. So all of that specific information is going to be really important when you're dealing with officials that will be wondering what's happening to you, where it's coming from, who is doing it, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So if you like, if you have questions for James and you'd like to join the discussion, uh, star H on your telephone uh, to speak with James. So what Derek was mentioning uh-huh. about the side of the room, say if you're in, a, in an apartment and it's coming from the other side of the wall, with it, and this I've, I've seen this many times, the uh, perpetrator will probably carry the machine over to the other side of the room, the other wall, you know, the side of the apartment, so because he thinks maybe you, you know, he doesn't know what to think. He doesn't know what you're doing or how you're doing this, or if, even if it works. So he's trying to determine, probably determine whether it works or not. So he'd carry it, maybe if you're in the back of the apartment, he'd carry it to the front of the apartment. And you can, you know, just by turning it, in fact, you'd have to turn it at that point because it's it's not where you are anymore. It's where, where he brought it. So you could say, you could say it's moved to the other side and that makes sense of course and if you're in the house next door you wouldn't have to move it quite as quite as large an angle because when they move it to the other side of the house it wouldn't you wouldn't have to move yourself but you would move the meter a little bit as opposed to a lot if you were in the apartment because the angle in the apartment is much greater it's like almost 180 degrees in the apartment but if you were aiming it at a house next door, maybe it would be, I don't know, 90 degrees is the most that it would deviate. But still, you know that they're moving it from the front of the house to the other side of the house just because they want to find out what you can do with this thing. They don't know, and they're feeling a little threatened, and they want to know how far they can go to to fool you, or to what extent they have to go to fool you. And I hope that makes sense. So, okay. Well, James, thanks for being here with us. Uh, it was a good discussion, and uh, I've gotten some positive feedback from people that are listening. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, we'll be in touch about um, perhaps doing a webinar where you can demonstrate this equipment so people will know exactly uh, what you're talking about and can see, you know, how to use the device mm-hmm. and, you know, what buttons to push or what and so forth. Um, the triangulating that you're talking about and all the uh, the dots or whatever that is that come together, you know, that will be interesting for them to see that if they could. So, um Anyway, we hope that you can come back sometime and um, be with us. 
And, uh, you know, the uh, the electronics uh, team is going to be very important, you know, as we continue to work with officials because they need to uh, uh, understand the signals that are, you know, attacking people and so forth. So appreciate your work with that. Okay, Derek, thank you very much. And remember that you need to have names and addresses. That's the only way we can get some something moving on this. Um, if they if they don't know anything, they don't have any names and addresses and they don't know what's going on, you're not going to get anybody moving on it. So uh, thank you for listening and I'll talk to you later. Be around for questions. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thanks, James. Okay. We're going to segue into general topics at this time. If you have anything you'd like to uh, to talk about, any questions, comments, concerns, at this time, we're segueing uh, into general topics. Feel free to start adding your phone as we continue our discussion.
Derek? Yeah. Okay, well, I just wanted to say a few things that happened with me today. I ended up speaking to Flo, but before I do, I set up a meeting with Council Member Javasa Beckles and the Million Woman March with Empress Dr. Empress Chief Alay. And and from and and they will be talking on the 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 second Tuesday in August at ten o'clock. And so I want to I gave out that conference line one three nine seven eight zero and I would like for you to have the room open at ten o'clock, be on the call, listen, take notes and just listen to what they talk about and we'll work on talking to them and how we can help. Okay? When is that? That's in two weeks the second week in August at 10 a.m. in the morning, Derek, and I need you to have the line open on the talk shoot with the conference code number 139780. Okay. And I need you to be on the call, too, so that we can be discussing the matter, listening to what they talk about and taking notes and how we can discuss how we can add on promoting what we're doing from what they're doing. You know, how we can get their support. So I need you on the line to take notes. We won't be talking and interrupting because we just will be there listening on the conference call while they talk together and we take notes because we're moving things forward. We're letting people know that there is a crime against different people. But then I'm going to bring in this kind of crime. Okay. Okay. And I talked to Flo today, and she's still working with me behind the scenes. So let me tell you what she told me. She can go get criminals arrested if I show how these frequencies coming in my house and it it can be proven from where the frequency is coming, then I can give names and they can go after these people. So I got today. Okay, Okay, well, Amy, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about, um, and that's okay, the important thing. She can help me do that. Instead it's of just, going through the police right away, I can go through slow, and she can be my, she can go through all of the people to get them perps arrested. So I need right. somebody to come and set up this equipment in my house, Derek, so we can have the police okay, come okay. here. Well, um, you gotta, um, you gotta. Yeah, talk about that at the meeting this week, okay? That's where you need to talk about that. 
So okay. Yes. Go ahead, Gary. Okay, you got to talk about it at the meeting this week. That's where you need to mention that so that we can start getting that, you know, having that to happen. That's really what we're trying to get to. Once perpetrators start getting arrested, then some of this uh, targeting will stop. It has to become recognized, and you're in a position now where your information will be. Well, yeah, so let's get the equipment together. So I'm going to we need to talk about that to Eduardo Martinez because in order for me to get this stuff stopped, we got to get to the proper protocol to get to Eduardo Martinez to... I mean, hey, to don't get just to stand his name, uh, Amy. Just kind of chill with that. But, yeah, just, you know, your representative. Just talk to your representative and uh, he will help you. Right, I'm going to be talking to him. Okay, that's excellent, excellent news, Amy. Um, for some reason, people choose not to do that, and that's why they keep suffering. So if that's what they choose to do, I can't, you can't really help them. Also, uh, Elizabeth Adams is going to be meeting with the, the city official too this uh, uh, week. This week, about uh, a big, a major movement with other city officials from different uh, states and government heads. Okay, where's she, where she going to be doing that? This Wednesday, earlier at ten o'clock. Before oh. our meeting. Okay. So I'm oh. going to give you a report on that. Okay, we'll have to talk about that then. Yeah, so we're moving ahead over here. Okay, well, that's that's what it's about, Amy. Well, you know, I know because I ain't going to let them see and Derek, you know I'm in process of writing my book too. Okay, yeah, I did hear about that, Amy. And I'm gonna ask Javanta to autograph it and do a book signing. A campaign and things like that, and I'm also working on doing a concert um, with someone helping write a lyric, a rap lyric um, for us um, targeting individuals because Public Enemy came to the mosque yesterday, and they're working with Minister Farrakhan about uh, the things that we're dealing with around the United States and the world. Okay. So I'm asking somebody to write a a rap lyric for it, but I'm I don't know who I I mean work on possible to be done. 
So I'm working on asking Eduardo Martinez to help me um, do the concert at the Richmond Auditorium. And we want to have the concert for the city officials from different locations, from wherever they come from. Whether it's from a different state, we want them to come to this concert. We're going to put on a, a, a nice concert. So I want to talk about. I want to talk to the talented uh, performance performers in the TI community, as well as outside of the community. Because this concert has to be a very nice concert to get the word out. And I'm even going to have some praise dancers on stage expressing what targeted individuals go through. Okay, well, that sounds interesting. So, yes, remember I told you all these things years ago, and I told you I was going to one day do it? Well, the time is now, Derek. Flo is happy that I'm thinking straight. I got two projects that's going to circle the wheel, circle around different things that is going on, even with my son being in prison as an experiment, he conceiving a child that is as the birth defect. I found a lot of stuff out, Derek. So Flo told me to focus on some things around CDC, and I'm putting those things together. Uh, Amy? Yes, Eric. Okay. Um, I had to uh somebody's call my call so I had to talk to that person. Okay, um you have to talk to somebody for a few minutes. Um, okay, well Amy, you know, I'll I'll need to talk to Elizabeth about what she's doing and because that sounds great. And what you are doing sounds great. So um, a lot of progress is happening. Hopefully uh, the rest of you will want to start catching up with Amy 
Um, I'm not sure what else you guys, you know, I can tell you guys as far as getting help. But anyway, um, as soon as we can get uh, some things established for you, Amy, I will, you know, inform the rest of the community and they will decide what they want to do. Um, I would advise them to not keep running to Congress to get help because nothing's happening there. But um, what we need to do is start um, learning to work together, coming together, and start working with our representatives and start developing some plans of action. Uh, that's the way I see the, uh, the way forward. Uh, if anyone else has other ideas about moving forward or doing uh, any other type of activism, um, then fine, I'd like to hear it. But I, this is the only avenue that I see that is making progress. Okay, um, if you're just joining our conversation, star eight is the request to talk feature. Um, if you would like to be heard, uh, every week it seems that I get a, a call or an email from someone that says that they were trying to speak and could not talk. So um, if you'd like to speak, star eight, so that I can unmute your line so that we can hear you. Hey Derek, how you doing? Oh hey, um, hey Tyrone, how you doing? Just another miserable day in paradise. <laughs> hey, um, in regards to the recent uh, shooting, um, I know TI is, you know, we don't advocate the violence. Um, you know, it's not something that we condone or anything. Uh, but has anyone tried to reach out to the young man's family? I know his mother is a head nurse at a uh, mental at a mental hospital. And I do believe that, you know, this will give us an opportunity to kind of let her know that her son wasn't mentally ill. Um, I know they're going through a grieving process now, but if we don't try to talk to her, um, you know, she's going to pretty much spread the propaganda of mental illness because for several, she made several comments about Gavin saying that, you know, the CIA was following him. Um, he went all the way to Africa and the CIA was even following him there. So, I was wondering if, you know, maybe you can try to contact her or some of the other TIs can, you know, put some donations together and try to send some flowers and a card, you know, just to kind of, you know, uh, just to kind of let her know that, hey, you know what, her son wasn't crazy. Um, you know, we don't condone what he did, but, you know, part of his motive of being a targeted individual is, uh, you know, very real and very valid, and it's scary for all of us. Okay. Um, wow. What is that? What's that coming from your line? Uh, sounds like that's an excellent idea. idea. We should do that. What? That's an excellent idea, Derek. So she doesn't think that her son was crazy. Right. I mean, um, does someone have contact information for her? 
Um, I have the, I know, I know where she works. I mean, you know, we can send, you know, we send flowers to her job. I don't know if she's going to be returning to work anytime soon, but, um, you know, I do believe that it's worth a try. You know, uh, we really, we really don't want her in the, you know, mm-hmm. in the public pretty much in the media saying that, Hey, you know what, this is mental illness. Cause that's what they're trying to use against us. You know, they're trying to say that when we say people are following us and we try to say people are using these directed energy weapons against us, that we're mentally ill. And if she becomes an advocate for mental illness, then, you know, that's pretty much, you know, another strike against us. Um, What's worth a try, I would say. All right, well, I will email you the um, address and information to where, you know, she works. But I do know there's probably a TI in, uh, in the Kansas City area who, if we can, you know, just kind of uh, tell him to go pick up the flowers from a particular location, he'll probably pick them up and, you know, try to go by the house. I mean, it was publicly listed, you know, the address of where she was where she was, and where the police was at and where, you know, his brother was um actually arrested for no seatbelt. Can you believe that, you know? <laughs> arrested. Uh, Gavin's brother got arrested, you know, a few days ago for not wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, this kind of shows that after you commit a mass shooting, the police are going to be all over your family. Um, I believe it's, I believe the other guy, his professor, you know, is now doing YouTube videos talking about how there's police officers out in front of his house every day. You know, he didn't notice before this incident, you know, all the police activity. But, uh, you know, now he's noticing that he feels he's being stalked. And it was one of his professors that he actually sent an email to. And media was uh, bombarding the professor going, why did Gavin send you an email? What was he talking about? So. Uh, someone was asking um, if anyone knows what um, what his mother has said about him so far. Well, she said something about PTSD, and she tried to call the VA to get him help. And, you know, she was saying that he repeatedly said that the CIA was following him. Uh, even when he was in Africa, he repeated again that the CIA was following him. So, you know, he was making reference to, you know, being a GI and being, uh, you know, part of the stalking that he believed is happening in his life, you know. So um, so I, I think she's, you know, taking the the um, uh, stance of, you know, he was possibly uh, suffering from PTSD, and we all know that that's BS. Uh, the VA actually said that none of his PTSD came from being in the military, you know. Oh, yeah. And as we know, Aaron, yeah, and as we know, Aaron Alexis was uh, someone else who went to the VA who was misdiagnosed as mentally ill, so, you know, it wasn't any different with uh, with Gavin, so. What about, um, um, well, I was just wondering if you had seen or listened to the interview with um, Tamara Smiley that she did. 
Yeah, that's the interview where she's talking about how he was talking about the CIA was following him. Okay, yeah. I started listening to the interview. I haven't heard the whole thing as yet, and that's something I need to go back and finish listening to. Well, listen no. to it, take a look at it. But she seems to have, um, from what I heard, though, she seems to have uh, high regard for her son, as I recall. Uh, yeah, you know, having high regards for him as a as a citizen who was trying to do well in life and, you know, the fact that he was pretty much a mentor to his nephew, you know, and all the other, you know, good things that he that he was doing doesn't denote the fact that she may take the mental illness, Dan, if people like us don't try to contact her and let her know. You know, that's something they're pushing for now in America. They want people to even believe that the brightest of people, the most brilliant people are the ones who, oh, yeah, they're also mentally ill also. I don't know if you noticed, Derek, but there's a lot of articles about black mental illness in general recently. Um, Since a lot of people have been complaining about these weapons, I believe since 2000, 2001, uh, there's been a huge push. You can look at all these different articles that says, um, you know, why are black people suffering in silence with mental illness? And it's not mental illness. You know, the fact is, is that they know that they aren't mentally ill. I'm not saying mental illness doesn't exist. But, I mean, you know, those of us who are TIs, you know, no matter what race we are, we know we're not mentally ill. So if, you know, if like Robert Duncan says in my interview is true, that a lot of this stuff started in the black community, then that means there's an influx of black people who know that they aren't mentally ill. But, you know, if they try to tell someone what they're suffering from, they possibly don't even know. You know, they don't know that when they hear a voice talking to them that it's voice of God weapons. They don't know when their emotions are changing, that it's remote neural monitoring, uh, you know, the type of technology that can change their brain waves. They have no idea. So, you know, it, it's it's something that, you know, it's our responsibility to actually let the public know what's really going on. Okay. For, now, for the black community, being followed and harassed is not um... – uh, those that are in tune with activists and know what they have been experiencing, Cointel Pro and so forth, and um, what the Black Lives uh, Matter group is experiencing, they would not immediately assume mental illness if someone was saying that the CIA was following them. Right. Yeah, but see, the, here's the thing. When this mother starts to say he's suffering from PTSD, there's all other kinds of things that she's not mentioning that, you know, we know his his behavior was probably exhibiting, you know, uh, emotional changes, you know, certain things that he was saying. I looked at some of his videos that were, you know, from two or three years ago, and, you know, he's talking about how TIs don't know that, um, you know, stalking is a felony and, you know, just all kind of things that he was rambling on about. And it's, um, you know, it, 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 it's scary because I don't know if he knew that his, you know, speech was being controlled or exact, or if he was trying to refrain from saying certain things, uh, but speaking very vaguely, you know. But if his mother is, you know, at one point in time, you know, the, the young man who in the end of his at the end of his life was, you know, clean cut, um, very well put together. At one point in his videos, he's walking around with a, like a beard and, you know, a, 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 almost like he's trying to grow dreadlocks on his head, you know. So at that particular point, he did not look like the Gavin who his mother probably thought he was. He was going through a transition, you know. But I'm only assuming, and, you know, I have no facts to back it up. But, um, you know, when she's saying PTSD, I think she's trying to, you know, take the mental illness uh, stance on it, you know. And if we allow that to happen, 
then we're doing ourselves an injustice and him also. Well, he wasn't incompetent. PTSD from what? Exactly. That's a, that, that's exactly what we're trying to. That's exactly what we're trying to figure out. You know, what is he suffering PTSD from? You know, um, his his mother told the no the VA told his mother or the VA told him that the PTSD did not come from you know any kind of military involvement. You know, so even the military was saying that hey, you know what, your PTSD isn't from us. So if you have PTSD, what is it? You know, so I guess he was trying to go in there. We'll never get his doctor records. His mother probably could. I know that she had some light onto what's going on, onto what his um, uh, the effects of his you know targeting was. But you know, he was probably you know one of those people you know still hearing voices and everything. And when he went to the VA, they just pretty much told him he was crazy. You know, but they didn't want to you know didn't want to take responsibility for it. You know, so. Okay, was he in? Um... Was he in Afghanistan or Pakistan? Not Pakistan, but Afghanistan or um, one of those countries over there. You know. Well, um, if so, then maybe that was uh, PTSD from from something like that. Um, I don't. I know. I know he was in Iraq War. I'm pretty sure it's what he said. What exactly his job was in the service, in the Marines. Uh, but anyway, um, I haven't had a chance to get back to that, but um, I'll look into some of those things. And, um, yeah, talking to his mother is probably a good idea. Uh, it couldn't hurt. Um, as far as her being an advocate for our cause, I'm not sure if she would be willing to do that. Um I, I, don't, I don't really know about that. And I think um, Aaron Alexis's family has been contacted, but um, but they have not come out publicly with anything. Uh, I believe that they came out publicly with something. Aaron Alexis, Naomi Alexis came out publicly and said that her brother was mentally ill. Oh, I she see. was on she was on CBS News and she admitted that you know she believed that her brother was mentally ill and so did the rest of her family. She talked about how he had all these childhood issues. So uh, about a year ago, I was in New York and I actually went and seen Bishop. Um, gosh, I can't remember his name. The bishop who was uh, speaking on behalf of the family, uh, me and another TI in New York. Um, we actually went over there. I gave him a copy of my pamphlet. You know, sent some flowers. Uh, you know, a card. Um, you know, T-shirt and everything I could and with a personalized letter to let them know that, hey, you know, perhaps he wasn't crazy. You know, perhaps he wasn't mentally ill. Perhaps he was a victim of non-consensual human experimentation like, you know, uh, thousands of others, you know, who are suffering from this. So uh, I don't know if they're going to come out now and say that, you know, maybe they think that he wasn't mentally ill, but that was the stance that, they, that Naomi took on um, on CBS News. So. Okay, well, yeah, it depends upon um, when she was contacted. And, um, well, see, it's difficult, really, you know, after the fact for them to come to that conclusion because they really, at this point, cannot have a conversation with them to really verify whether or not this is the case. So um, they probably cannot be great advocates for our cause, in my opinion, because they really do not have a way to um, to assess their their loved one, 
um, the relatives of Anna Alexis, uh, Anna Alexis, May, um, uh, Gavin Long, they really don't have a way to assess their relatives' mental state because they're gone. All they can do is maybe look at our information and maybe, you know, I think it will be more difficult for them to reach the conclusion that we have that they are targeted individuals. And then from that point to make a public statement that they that uh, the relative was the target individual, um, and that's just my opinion about that. But um, I think Miriam Curie's relatives were contacted, and I don't think that they have come out in support of um, of uh, their of Miriam's sanity based on what we presented them. I've not seen or heard anything like that. Um, but like I say, it couldn't hurt to talk to them and present them with the information and see where it goes. Well, if you um, if you're able to put together donations to get flowers, you know, uh, you know, as you know, we don't have very much money, so we can get the TI down there in Kansas City to actually go and you know meet with the family. So I don't think that'd be a, an issue. Uh, Okay. Yeah, that's that's fine. We can certainly do something like that. I'll be right back. Let's see, Tarani there? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry about that. I had to talk to that person for a minute. I hear you. Not a problem. Hello, Derek. Uh, hi, Keith. You have a uh, comment. Yeah, yeah. Just to comment about uh, what Tyrone was talking about there, and um, you know, I guess uh, kind of uh, suggesting the the uncomfortable aspect of this, and that, and you know, that is, is that we have to ask the, you know, the ugly questions as well as the ones that, you know, seem uh, more inviting. But um, you know, I mentioned that in that article that. Uh, you know, the psychiatric industry is, you know, they're very much involved with the stalking that, you know, in other words, a lot of, a lot of the professionals, they know what's going on. Even a lot of the psychiatrists, 
because I actually went to a, I went to a, a psychiatrist myself, a counselor. Uh, this was early on uh, when I first realized the targeting or the stalking. Uh, I realized, you know, things were going on in my life that I had never seen before. I was getting followed, you know, down the highway, and I was seeing the patterns of vehicles and rude behavior at the marketplace and just a lot of different things like that. Of course, it was all new, but I knew something wasn't right. And, you know, I, I began talking to, my, talking to my family. And, of course, my family, they, well, I don't want to say too much there, but um, they eventually sent me to a psychiatrist. And I had taken medications for anxiety and uh, maybe, you know, depression, I guess, maybe off and on for actually much, much of my adult life. But about the last, uh, I'm going to say at least 10 years, I, I, you know, I didn't have to take anything. I, I, finally, I finally just taken it because I felt like there was something wrong with the medication. Uh, I, I remember... I was at work one day, and I'm I'm kind of digressing here, but I just I just realized I said I don't know what this medication is, but I'm not taking it anymore. If I can't make it without it, I don't want to make it at all. And I just I went I went, and I'm not suggesting anybody else do that, but I just went cold turkey on all that daggone friggin' big pharma medication that's got all of these design side effects that that are leading to a lot of these problems, in my opinion. And, of course, see, you know, that's a common denominator with a lot of these, uh, these domestic events is the majority of these people are, they say now, they're, they're again, of course, we have to take everything that comes from the media with a grain of salt, but they say that the majority of them are on psychotropic medications. Uh, but that's the point that I'm making there is, is that that's what this psychiatrist did. She prescribed a medication for me, you know, that was supposed to, you know, going to help me deal with whatever, you know, the anxiety that I was receiving or feeling from the stalking. And I was hesitant, but. You know, I thought, well, you know, at that at that point, you're kind of doubtful. You're not really certain, and I was. So I thought, well, I'll I'll, I'll try it and just see, you know, see how things go. And I think it was the second night that I realized that whatever she gave me, it I I felt so creepy. That was like the creepiest I've ever felt in my life from whatever this medication what she gave me. I don't know if it was what what eventually happened when I went back to her. Finally, I said, and I quit taking it. I t- I, and I told her, I looked her straight in the face, and I wasn't anticipating anything. I thought maybe she had just picked a poor medication. But I told her, I said, I don't know what that medication was that you prescribed for me. But I said that. I said, that medication was the worst medication I've ever taken in my life. I said, I have never felt so creepy. And that's about the only word that I could use. And the look on her face was nothing but a look of pure guilt. She knew exactly what she was doing. 
and the medication that she gave me was intent was it was intended to either was to either provoke me to suicide or to provoke me to uh, some type of aggression. And and uh, but anyway, you know the thing that I'm saying. Of course, I made the comment there in the text is that you know the, these questions that we need to consider about her mother working in this industry that you know even the DSM you know these these things that we complain about their profession says that these are symptoms of a mental illness and it I just think that's going to be uh, uh it's going to have to be a um a path uh, treaded carefully uh, with her mother because of the of the her being actually being in that industry. Um, well, that is that is very true, and 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 you're right because she is basically in that type of field that would kind of um, contradict you know a lot of um, what she has been taught as far as um what her son was experiencing, you know, the um uh, the blacklisting, the following and so forth. I'm not sure what all he was all kinds of targeting he was getting. Um I don't know if, does anyone know if he was an electronic victim also? Um I've just heard some very a very few types of targeting experiences that uh uh he was he was uh was having, um, you know, some of the more severe things like the V2K, electronic torture, I haven't heard that uh, he was experiencing. And so I don't know. I don't know. But but as far as the PTSD and some of the other things, um, yeah, she she would probably, she probably believes she does, he did have some mental issues. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how how far she should be convinced about his being targeted. Uh, Maybe she will believe it to some extent because blacklisting and a lot of the COINTELPRO did happen, you know, to some of these civil rights groups, and he was definitely revolutionary. So um, it'll be interesting to see what she has to say. Right, right, and it, it, and I guess you know the point. The point is, is that just to, you know to recommend the use of discernment, and maybe several people kind of analyzing her, her response, and what have you, because it, you know it could, like I said, it's it's a little bit, it, it's unfortunate in this situation that it 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 actually works in quote their favor in other words it works in the, the syndicate's favor in this case with her mother already kind of being leveraged so to speak because like i said in the chat room she actually has to go against her very profession if she were to consider this other element because they're they're already that's already a part of that industry is is to diagnose these types of complaints from individuals as as a mental illness. But I appreciate you allowing me to share that. Okay. Uh, thanks for sharing, Keith. Um, 
So, Tyrone, if you're still here. Um, yeah, well, that, you know, Derek, the, um, that, that is somewhat of a concern, but also just like she was taught, everything that she was taught about mental illness, she can also learn and be taught about this. You know, uh, people who are educated uh, won't have a problem with understanding the truth. And you're absolutely right. It is going to be difficult to get her to go against what she already knows. But uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys, you know. A lot of people may not like what I'm about to say, but I do believe that race plays a factor with us being able to get her to understand the truth of what's going on. You know, the fact that she is black, uh, being black in America, uh, dealing with COINTELPRO and people following you, dealing with human experimentation non-consensually is something that our people have, you know, been subjected to for several years. You know, so it depends on who's talking to her, um, you know, the credentials of the people who are talking to her, and I truly believe it would help if, you know, someone like uh, Dave Voigt would go down there while he's doing his walk through America. So I've been trying to work with a few TIs on making that happen. I talked to Dave today. He said he would have no problem with doing so. Uh, I also believe that when his mother finds out that there are people like Derek Robinson uh, in situations of, you know, as, you know, as the, uh, the head of a nonprofit organization, um, you know, he's African-American and also people like myself who wrote a book about this several years ago. Um, a young man, myself, who was very successful, I think, and then she finds out about Robert Duncan and all these other people who are complaining about this. I truly believe that our 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 um, our credentials, you know, will help make her believe that what her son was saying is true. You know, I'm not saying that we're going to be able to turn her into, an, like you say, Derek, an advocate for us, but I would like to make sure that she doesn't just, you know, uh, put him out there as mentally ill because that goes right along with the New York Times article. You know, and that's not the kind of publicity we need. You know, we don't need another article about targeted individuals being mentally ill. We actually need some to say, you know, targeted individuals are not mentally ill, and these are the facts that are being withheld from the public. You know, and this is why these young men are committing mass shootings. You know, I don't think that she's even put together the, um, you know, the correlation of Aaron Alexis and Myron May both having similar motives. You know, at some point, at some point in time in her life, they complained about being victims of directed energy attacks. Unfortunately, with Gavin, he did have, you know, other uh, issues. You know, he was having police issues. Uh, but that can go right along with his, you know, belief of the CIA following him, you know. And who knows what he was being told through V2K, you know. Who knows what exactly was going on in his life. But uh, I don't think that we should, you know, give up on trying to educate his mother or his family about, you know, what the young man complained about, you know, to us, you know, what he was complaining about, uh, you know, why he was on the buddy list. You know, there's a reason as to why he was on the buddy list, you know. Uh, people who are TIs, you know, even the average TI doesn't say, hey, let me get on the buddy list. You know, it takes a certain kind of person who must be dealing with some heavy targeting who believes that they're a leader, you know, to want to be on the buddy list. So I think that that's a part of his life that we need to explain as best as we can. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, most people say psychiatrists are in on this. I have yet to see any concrete evidence to show any psychiatrist actually being in on our targeting. Um, you know, so I, I refrain from assuming, um, just like we have no concrete evidence that the ambulance and the police are, you know, 100% in on this. Um, so I, you know, like I said, I don't like to assume. Uh, instead, I like to deal with the facts. And the facts are that most of these psychiatrists are people who are going to college for six years, you know, four to six years. Um, they are not the most brilliant people in the world. That's why they become psychiatrists in the first place, because all they're doing is going from a book. 
you know, it's pretty it's pretty much set, like you said, in the uh, what was that the DSM where it's pretty much set where it says, look, if someone complains about this, diagnose them as this. You have no idea how difficult it was for me when I was uh, locked up for standing out in front of the uh, the White House. You know, if it wasn't for me being able to articulate and being able to, you know, having a lot of you guys actually call in. And, you know, me being able to remain calm and, you know, explain my situation and what was going on, they were going to try to say I was mentally ill, you know. But, you know, fortunately, they couldn't, you know, till this day. Not one mental facility can say that, oh, Tyrone Dew is mentally ill, you know. That that had that has yet, yet to be, um, you know, a diagnosis for me. So, you know, we can't give up the fight of trying, you know. But uh, hey, Ty- I think Tyrone. you're right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't try to, to educate uh, his mother and, and uh, his family. Absolutely. We need to try to, t- I mean, it's the truth, and everybody deserves the right to hear the truth. Whether they receive it or not, that's up to them. My point was exactly. it's to consider that that element of it is that, you know, she is likely not going to be receptive, at least initially, because of the profession that she's in. But another thing, uh, you know, another thing that you caught, you know, of course, I mentioned about the psychiatric, psychiatric industry being involved in this. And of course, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying the whole industry, okay, just like if I said that there are police officers involved in this, I'm not saying that it's every police officer. I know that there are many police officers that are involved in it because I experience it myself on a personal level. And, you know, you said that you felt like that there was no evidence of the psychiatric industry being involved in this. I don't know if you've, how many TIs that you've talked to that have gone through a 72 hour involuntary uh, evaluation, but I would bet you that 90% of those would tell you about very, uh, recognizable things that happened during their stay that were definitely related to stalking by the treatment from the staff and the nurses. I, for one, I went through a 72-hour involuntary. They tried to force medicate. They tried to force medicate me. They 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 charged me with. Um, and I asked them. I said. I said. Why? I said. Why are you insisting that I take medication? I said. What's the diagnosis? They said you're psychotic. Okay, and I said, well, can you be a little more specific? I, that's a rather broad uh, term for you know, and and of course they couldn't. And but there there were there were many other things. Uh, there were there was a a nurse uh, that uh, uh, one of the night nurses, and and she she obviously was in on it when I was in there. She walked up and down the halls in the middle of the night. And she had on this, this one shoe that squeaked incredibly loud. And, was, and she would walk up and down the halls, and it sounded like a squeaky wheel. And it, it was, I mean, it was, it was so loud, it was, I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it. But, I mean, that's, there, that's just too, and I actually made a video about this. And I talk about a lot of the different things that went on in there. And, of course, it's been a little while since I've rehashed all of those things in my mind. If I had a fresh in memory, I, I would give some more. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, it is important that we do realize that there are elements within the psychiatric industry that 
are involved in this. And I think most TIs would agree with that. I'm not saying that you're wrong. What I'm saying is that a TI's perception of what we know is going on and what we can factually prove are two different things. So when we say things like, oh, doctors are in on it, okay, that's a general, that's a general statement. So when we talk to the public, most of the public's going to think that we're talking about all doctors, okay, when that's not the case. Uh, when we talk about the police being in on it, yes, I know for a fact that certain police officers are in partying on it. I was arrested in 2012 by a police officer who was, who was here in B2K. That was the only reason he knew to, to stop my car, okay? I already, already know this. I am not disagreeing with you. But what I'm saying is when we're talking to the public, we cannot talk to the public about what we're speculating about. You know, what, what we factually know is correct from our uh, experiences of stalking. There are certain things that we can talk about. We can talk about the fact that when we go to uh, the Secretary Advisory Committee for Human Research Protections, they literally say that uh, the military is exempt from uh, having to report any kind of experimentation done with surveillance technology on someone who is considered to be under surveillance. Okay? That's one fact that we can talk about. We can talk about the facts of these technologies exist. We can, you know, because there's patents for these technologies. We can talk about the fact that COINTELPRO existed because it's a known, um, you know, it, it's a known program from the CIA and everyone else in the FBI and everyone else who was involved. Uh, we can talk about Project MKUltra and this being an extension of Project MKUltra. We can talk about uh, people like Dr. Robert Duncan, Mark Phillips, Barry Trower, who are uh, pretty much expert testimony, uh, you know, of, of people who have developed the technology and is admitting that it's working. So when we make general statements, even if it's just amongst, you know, us as TIs, that kind of conversation carries on into the public, and that's why, you know, a lot of these uh, articles are being done against us. You know, they're not being done in our favor. They're literally being done, excuse me, and the TIs that they're, you know, the TIs are trying to explain as best as they can, you know, who's affecting them as far as the targeting, and just like in, um, what was that, Minnesota, I believe it was, or Wisconsin, you know, the guy who put up all those different flyers, okay, and he put on there the ambulance, he put on there the fire truck, the police, and, you know, these people are stalking you. Be, you know, be, be, be careful, be, you know, be weary. And he got the most negative publicity ever, you know, even though the message got out that, yes, you know, organized stalking is happening or gang stalking is happening, it still was not a clear-cut message to show people that, you know, certain people within these organizations are part of an elite uh, government. You know, they are, they are part of an elite government program. You know, it's not everyone. So that's all I was saying. So I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to feel like we were being accusatory of his mother, you know, like she may know something about it because I'm pretty sure, you know, there's going to be a T.I. who believes that his mother is someone who may have been part of this targeting because, you know, most T.I.s believe that everyone's in on it. So as soon as they hear his mother's a, a nurse at a psychiatric unit, they're going to say, oh, my gosh, you think she was part of this targeting? Oh, my gosh. I actually had one T.I. ask me, what, the other day when I told him. I said, look, his mother works at the, the, the uh, she's a head nurse at a mental facility. First question out of his mouth, you think, you think she was in on it? Hell no, I don't think she was in on it. I don't think any mother would do this to her son. But I do believe that she thinks that there is something weird about her son saying the CIA is following him. And if we present this information correctly to her, I think we may be able to get her to, you know, take a second thought, you know, about what it was her son was saying. 
Yeah, I think um, you should tell her mother. I mean, of course, there's a risk that she's some kind of sociopath, but it's worth it's worth um, uh, taking that risk because a she has the right to know, and b you get somebody like that on board, and it would be like mothers against drunk drivers. You get those people in the Navy Yard that Aaron Alexis shot those families, and tell them. You'll have a massive group, if you can get them on board, a massive group of mothers against drunk drivers. And I just want to say that the psychiatric community is just amazing to me uh, because my sister had me locked up a bunch of times because she's a sadistic nightmare. But you can talk so coherent and really intelligently and that will go right by them. It's like, um, excuse me, don't you see, I mean, I just want to say, don't you see that I'm reasonably intelligent or fairly coherent? You know, can't, doesn't that mean anything to you? I mean, it, it kind of doesn't. They just, well, you said stalking, and that equals crazy. I mean, they can't even, it's like they don't think. They, I guess that's what they, they, they don't think. And uh, until you can come across people in the psychiatric uh, field who can actually think, most of them don't. They just, oh, something, psychosis, you know, they just run to that, and it's um, kind of a blank mind mentality. That's all I wanted to say. i got to mute myself. My dogs are so loud. But if I could, I would tell every single family of of PI shooters what's going on, especially Aaron Alexis, those people. If I could, if I had the money, I would fly over there this evening to tell them. Whether they believe me or not, I would tell them. They have the right to know. You'd be better off. That's what I would do. Okay, uh, if you're just joining us and would like to participate in the discussion, star eight is to request a talk feature on your phone so that you can speak. Uh, everyone is muted at the moment. And uh, in order for you to speak, I will need to unmute your line. So star eight, if you'd like to speak. is that no matter how many times I make an announcement, somebody always emails me and tells me that they missed it. And, you know, I think that these murders by the TIs are, I think the FBI is responsible because they know that while what's going on, they still won't release this information that the American public has a right to know. Because they are so arrogant, and they think that only they can solve this problem, and we we can't upset the American people. They might, you know, uh, go crazy or something, and we are the ones who should solve this. That, that is ridiculous, and that is a chipping away of our freedoms that most people uh, are unaware. Of. They can't. They don't even have a chance to know 
what they don't know. And um, so I think, especially if anybody could tell these families, if you live near them, tell them. I even suspect Jared Lofner, uh, you know, he shot Gabby Gifford in the head. And I've only read a little bit, but, you know, right off the bat it said the parents said neighbors were harassing them and their son. And I'm like, eat, you know. I'm not sure about him. Uh, I know he did some uh, psychotic-type behavior when he went to Pima College here. But, you know, there is V2K, and, you know, it would just take a lot of hours to try to figure out if he was also targeted uh, because his parents said things as if they were, and, and they didn't know a thing about it. Like, people were harassing them. People were vandalizing their cars. Neighbors were harassing them. Um, you know, if I had verifiable evidence that that was really the case, or if I was convinced that he was a target, which I'm not, I can't tell because I, I swear it would take hours to figure it out, but um, I would certainly talk about it here in this town if that was the case. And I, I don't care who would believe me or not. Um, usually what I find is, the people who are most receptive to this information are guys in their 20s because they've heard it. They hear it in college, and they're more open-minded. But uh, when I go to Al-Anon meetings, oh, my God. And there are people my age, nobody, believe me, nobody. They, they're polite and they're kind, but they don't wait for what I Well, that, that's an interesting uh, comment you made uh, earlier about, uh, you know, if you tell the people, say anything about stalking, uh, you, you could be talking, uh, having a perfect conversation, but like you said, very coherently and intelligently and what have you. And, you know, when you have all the, the attention from them uh, that you deserve, but as soon as you mention stalking, it's like, so it triggers something in their, their brain. Yeah. It's like, be saying, I'm crazy. Instead of saying, I'm being stopped, what they hear is, I'm crazy. That's what they hear. They don't look at you. They don't get to know you. They don't assess how, you know, competent you are. They just jump to it. That That's what I find. Uh, because, um, and the other thing is, you know, people who don't know you, it's like, you know, I just want to say to people, you know, if you knew me, because I'm fairly honest. I'm more honest than 90% of people. And, and if they knew me, you know, they would know me. I'm telling them. And, and that I wouldn't make up stories like this. And I've got horrific stories, but I, I just wouldn't, if they knew me, um, they would believe every word and run to protect themselves. Um, like, I feel like this one guy told him, he says, you know, I've been reading about mind control. I said, it's real, it's real, and blah, blah, blah. And next time I see that guy, I'm going to tell him, save your money, be careful, buy some silver, um, don't spend your money, save it. You're young, you know, read more. Uh, it's, it's a very dangerous game.
Yeah, psychiatrists are kind of, in a way, some of the dumbest people because they they don't at all. People that are honest and, and and there are. I mean, we talk about it here in the community, and some people have a really good insight into the psychological aspect of why you know why the perps do what they do. You know, what what is, what is it? What is what is that? Uh, whether it's a, spir- a spiritual weakness. Uh, 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 you know, a weakness in integrity or fear, whatever it is, what what makes them susceptible to be coerced or deceived into doing what they do? You know, and I yeah. think it's a, I think it's, I think it's incredibly interesting for me to to delve into that, and I like to hear other people's you know comments and perceptions about why. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, like. You know, like I was slandered by a cop, and he's a narcissist. Narcissists are the best, most convincing liars on planet Earth. They can convince anyone of anything. They spend their entire lives doing this and presenting a fake persona for everyone to see, and whoever they're targeting, they're abusive, and that's what I have. So part of it is is that, and part of it is just the nature of people. Like the documentary that I saw, um, is when a stranger comes up to you and tells you certain things about a person that is horrible, most people believe it because they think, oh, nobody would do that unless it was true. So a lot of it is just that. That is the nature of people. I saw it on TV. I've experienced it myself. Um, so, like, when Derek got attacked by that girl, like, that was so easy for me to see through because I got it done to me. So it's a piece of cake. Huge, massive allegations without a shred of evidence. I was waiting for a shred of evidence. There's none. So, I mean, this was just a laughable thing to me. I have been through it so horribly. It is so recognizable to me. Um, I, I just don't accept statements like that without evidence. And so, but a lot of people do because it sounded, well, if I ten people are saying this, so I don't care if it's 100,000. What evidence do you have? And there was none. Just allegations. One after the other. But most, a lot of people fall for that. So th- those are a couple of things that cause it. And then, you know, the recruiting, they get them out of jail. Well, if you do this, you'll be exonerated of that. Okay, so there's one way they recruit them. Um, one out of 25 people are sociopaths. That's a lot. So you're a sociopath. I mean, they love this type of stuff. Narcissists, power and control. They love this kind of these kind of games where they cause people to suffer. It gets them off. So those are some of the reasons why. And just being a good liar um, can really hurt people.
I wish I could talk to one of those families. I would do everything I can to convince them of what's going on. And like I said, I think the FBI is responsible for these deaths because they lay low. It doesn't bother them. Nothing. It just, and I think that uh, New York Times article, which is so degrading to us, <clears throat> to me, that's FBI plant. Uh, that's my opinion on it. Uh, very deliberate. They want to slowly leak out this information. So, oh, yes, we never knew. This is slowly leaking out. So it looks like it's going to be a trickle-down theory type thing where just excruciatingly, slowly, this information will get out. Um, I don't even have the hope for a breakthrough anymore with the FBI and on this. They're the most arrogant part of the government. I, I had no idea. Just extremely arrogant. And sometimes, like, I wonder, like, what do people, <clears throat> like, what do you, why do you think Snowden's in Russia? <laughs> why do you think he's there? Because he tattletailed on what the FBI people had, or the CIA had for lunch? You think that's it? You know, most, of, most people, I don't even think, know why he's there. I was telling this one lady, I said, you know, Snowden, I, you know, he, he, he's in Russia, and she's giving me this blank look, and it's like, you know why he's there, right? This is a therapist, um, and uh, she's completely blank. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> I feel sorry for these TI shooters, though to be in that much pain. I don't condone their violence. But I have uh, empathy for it's going to be in a lot of pain to take out a rifle. I always scare people off the line. Uh, Anne, is that you? Yeah. Have you talked to uh, to Nathan lately? No, um, because, I mean, he seems like a nice guy, but I, during the time that I had talked to him, um, my dogs were let out late at night and another animal was cut with a knife. Somebody had been in my house and, you know, put some, rearranged some things to humiliate me. So um, I just wasn't in too much of a mood to uh, do anything. It was, it was, and this is, this is for my sister. It's just so insane. It, it's, it's even more insane than gang stalking, but I mean, I might call him, but um, this, you know. Well, I don't, you know what? What have you got to lose for calling him? Thing is, um, he's somebody that is uh, willing to be active and help solve. You know, not only his targeting but uh, other people's as well. Okay. Um, he's been his um, 
his representative, and uh, he's in the process of talking uh, with him. Um, the thing is, with, with if who? you don't with talk who? to the right people, with his city representatives, his oh, okay. city council okay. representatives, and he's talking to them about his situation, and I believe that ultimately that can make a difference. However, he would probably need, in his case, the uh, collaboration and cooperation of other members of council. So um, he would be willing to help you, uh, you know, as far as meeting with your representative. Um, and if you can get your representative to talk to you, uh, to you and him together, and perhaps to also Terry, Terry might join you. He joined uh, uh, Nathan for his meeting with his representative. If the three of you could get together and meet with uh, your representative, um, because I think Terry's and Nathan's is the same person. So, oh, um, okay. Yeah, um, Terry would give me the time of day. I mean, Nathan was very nice, but uh, Terry just said, count me out. I'm like, okay. Well, that's, well that is, um, well, I don't know what happened, because uh, when I talked to him, he hadn't spoken to you yet, and he was... Um, anxious to talk to you. Well, so, um, um, he, I told him, I said, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that, I'm willing to talk to the representative. He goes, no, I'm getting all this stuff, and this is horrible, and I'm just like, okay, sorry. Sorry I called. So, uh, you know, I, I, that's how uh, well, uh, well, who knows what happened. But anyway, uh, I would say talk to Nathan. Um uh, and, you know, like I said, Nathan's willing to work with you. And um, I would say talking to your representative would be um, an avenue of assistance. Uh, it may not be necessarily the only avenue. Uh, it's one of the most productive that I know of. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that's the best path to take. It, it just, um, I can just tell, you know, it's logical. And yeah, we yeah we do outreach to the media, which is good, but the media does not necessarily solve the situation. Uh, it may at some point, and it could um, be an instrument in in solving a situation. They have in the past, actually, but but they but it would not solve the uh, situation directly. It's kind right. of um, you know it, it's. It's kind of iffy dealing with the media because you don't know what you're going to get, actually. Right, right. Well, so what I'm saying to you, uh, Anne, is stay in contact with Nathan because he's somebody that, that uh, is uh, a go getter, as he describes himself. Okay. And he's very willing uh, to help uh, you and anyone else that he can. Um, he has a lot of things he's dealing with in his particular case, um, but he's willing to, to help, you know, others. And uh, you're going to need assistance. You can't do this by yourself. And you really can't expect people, other people to take on the ideas that you have. But um, what you could do, I mean, uh, Nathan and I and, and Terry have talked about some things and I think that Terry might be willing to do some of the things that we already have talked about. 
So if you're willing to do that, he might be willing to work with you. Okay? So I would say talk to Nathan. Um, Nathan might talk to Terry. I don't know. But the three of you will hopefully uh, learn to work together there because um, the more of you that can gather there, the better off you'll be. And, in fact, you might draw some others there in in Tucson. There's Mm -hmm. a couple dozen of people there uh, in your area. And once you guys start getting some... A couple dozen TIs? Yes, yes, there's a lot of people in Tucson. They just aren't active. Um, So if, if you guys get some things started there then those that are dormant may want to start to uh, to get involved. Oh. But, um, but I would say stay in contact with Nathan. He's, he's the most active there. Um, okay. Terry's dealing with a lot of um, really horrific suffering. So um, he may not want to do everything. He may not be that motivated to do things. You may have caught him at a time when he was not uh, not feeling very well. Um, yeah, that's what it sounded like, yeah. So he sounded miserable because he's, yeah. he has some really severe physical issues that he is dealing with. Um, however, uh, Nathan doesn't. Uh, Nathan seems okay for the most part. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, if I were you, Anne, I would uh, focus some energy in that direction. Keep in t- contact with okay. him at least once a week, um, because. Uh, He's uh, he's someone that is willing to work with uh, work with other people, and he's uh, he's like I said, he's a go getter, and he's willing to do things to get the job done. And um, so keep in touch with him if you want to see things happen there in Tucson. Um, and you know I'm sure he will keep in touch with you. Uh, he was uh, anticipating your call, and. Um, yeah, but I, was, I don't know what happened, but you know, finally, I'm I'm glad you guys finally did connect. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, he's pretty bright, and he told me where like an FBI building was, which I had no idea. And uh, so he seems pretty intelligent, pretty informed. Um, so yeah, okay. Hey, I well, just, but like um, I said, I just got attacked by the cop. So all right, go ahead. Well, the thing is, uh, Nathan's in contact with lots of people. Oh, but okay. the people in contact are, are mostly in other cities. So oh, okay. uh, he can't really do a lot to help them, but he can help you okay. and vice versa. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, you got uh, Warren's last name, Humphrey, right? That guy I told him was the intelligence unit, U.S. intelligence, that Warren Humphrey. Did he have a penny bill? Okay. Well, you said it was entirely muffled. I don't know what you said. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, is this any better? Yes. Okay. Um, did Warren Humphrey ever call you back, uh, that U.S. intelligence uh, guy? Uh, I haven't uh, gotten to call him again, but um, I'll make a note of that. I'll, I'll okay. try to reach out to him again. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that then. Okay, good.
uh, he, he's very sympathetic to our cause. Warren is. He he thinks he's like Snowden. He thinks like Snowden. Okay, those of you that may have just joined us, um, star eight is the request talk feature. If you have something to say at this time, everyone is muted, and uh, they have to be manually unmuted if you'd like to, um, to join the discussion. I'm going to hang up because I feel like I ran everybody off this line. So.
Okay, since the uh the call is quiet, I decided to unmute the uh, mute everybody. So you guys can talk if you want. Okay, thank you. Do you know if anyone's having a late night call tonight? Okay, if someone is having a call after this one, um, feel free to announce it at this time. We have about maybe 40 minutes left on this call. Oh, okay. Well, I should let people know that Ella um, has asked me to run her call tomorrow. and. Um, She's in Boston, so uh, I'm going to try to get those codes and keep that going for Tuesday. I don't know about Thursday night. Uh, who is that that's running Ella's call? Uh, this is Sue. Oh, okay. She's taking over for Karen's call. 
and uh, her call and Ella's call number is one four one four seven six. But she asked me to help fill in because she's on traveling, and uh, we just have to work out the kinks of uh, letting talk show, uh, getting talk show to let me sign in on her page. Whoever has the dog in the background, if you could star six.
one. Thank <sighs> you. 
morning.
Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.